Reptile Gumbo Podcast. I'm James Lewis from Simply Serpents. And I'm Carly Jones from My Living Room. Each week, we will discuss what is happening in herpes culture on social media, YouTube, and even on other podcasts. We will share our opinions and thoughts on current events as well as the opinions of you, the listener. Make sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram for interactive polls and posts where you can tell us what you were thinking. Then listen for your name each week as we share your opinions on our podcast. So sit back and relax. Here's the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Welcome to episode 10. It's a nice round number. We made it to episode 10 and we haven't like quit doing this and I haven't died yet of COVID-19. And Carly, you're... Double- I know. Huh? You're still alive, which is impressive. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's getting nuts at the nursing home. Like we, We're completely gowning up now for, for every shift. Um, I, yeah, okay. We're, we're not here to talk about COVID-19. We're here to talk about... We can talk about, I mean, it's kind of hard not to talk about it. It's, it's, it's happening. Sort of, I mean, it's going to dip in and out of the conversation, Dan. I know. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's going to happen. <laughs> so, so that, that voice, this he time, himself I know this time. this time Carly didn't interrupt that, that voice was Brandon Wheeler from Morelia house. And Carly's all excited that she didn't get fussed at for interrupting, but we're excited mm-hmm. to have Wheeler on. We met Wheeler back at Tenley, you know, when they used to have Tenleys before they started cancel them. <laughs> yeah and that was uh an insane weekend and an insane saturday night that i think i remember and that's about it yeah (laughs) but uh i I do agree (laughs) so we wanted to have wheeler on james uh i know yeah shush i'm talking interrupt all the time (laughs) so before we go into uh, everything else I do want to do like every week, go over what we've had on our Facebook page. And because we've been bored, well, I've been bored sitting at home for now going on three weeks. I had time to put stuff. Nice. You say it's nice to sit at home. I'm bored. As- Look, time no longer exists. The idea of a 24 hour clock is not a real thing anymore. I'm up to like yeah. five or six in the morning. I fall asleep. I wake up at two in the afternoon. I don't, I take a nap somewhere around eight. I don't, it's, it's weird. I, I swear to God, you've lost weight. Brandon, doesn't he look like he's lost weight? Like, he looks good. It's what sleep will do to him. I've gotten a lot of sleep. There you go. There you go. Sleep. There you go. He, yeah. that fucking beach bod. Ooh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't go to the beach. It's illegal to go there. It's, Stay away from the it's beach. It's a depression body. Yeah. They but, shut ours right. down, man. Ours are done. California beaches are officially closed. And they were open. I mean, people are stupid. Like, I yes. don't know how. Yes, they are. So it's so bad. Some, some. Did you see the guy uh, on the internet? This one's pretty viral. Viral. He was paddleboarding, and the Coast Guard arrested him for uh-huh. paddleboarding by himself. Yeah, some people still it, Which, they pretend like it's not happening. It's but like no, it's see, still problem, fucking happening. The problem there is that the government tells you you can still do things like hike and fish by yourself. Like you can go outside and do outside things alone. I don't know. It's, well, it's, that guy was cool, man. He was by himself doing his thing out solo, wasn't even with friends. And then the Coast Guard arrested him. And, you know, you can't be out here. You're going to get the virus. And then two dudes stand two feet away from him and haul him off to jail to, to, to get the virus where the virus currently lives. Like, if you do have an option, like be paddleboarding or be in jail, like, where are you safer? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you Wait, know? but did they. Was it public not? Like, so they. 
they closed the beach. Was it like public knowledge? Like Te- you can't hey, be here. Hey, or- technically, he wasn't on the beach. Uh, he was in the water. So uh, oh, loophole, loophole. I I, yeah, I see. I, I don't know. Either way, it's stupid. Get your lawyer, man. You weren't in. You were see, not on the beach. That guy is not the right. problem. The problem is. So you saw today that most WalMarts have now made it to where they can't have more than like a handful of people in the store at any given time. I saw a picture really? of a, yeah, I saw a picture of a Walmart that had this gigantic line outside the Walmart of people waiting to get oh in. My God. I'm like, what the f- now they're in line next they to each other. Them? No, they're right next to each other in line. Oh, bitches. I don't know. It's worse. <laughs> it's worse. I mean, it's crazy. And wow. my, my state, well, I mean, most states have just pushed the, uh, the date now to the 30th of April. We were going back on the 13th, which is obviously not happening now. And now we are supposedly going back on the 30th to work, but that will probably get pushed back again, considering I think the last projection I saw for, well, California, New York, and Louisiana are like the three worst states. And Louisiana, we're at like 12,000 cases, like 400 and something deaths. So, I don't wow. know. Yeah. That's because I yeah, think, I I think the problem... Really looking, I wasn't really looking at New York at all. Like, I wasn't paying attention. I, you know, I just I knew it was bad, but I didn't ever look. And finally, yesterday, I looked and actually heard what the numbers were. And was like, oh, God, fuck that. Just like, <laughs> well, well, I think our biggest problem was the virus started to spread during Mardi Gras. So everybody was already out at Mardi Gras when the no. virus was around. But that was how, that was before quarantine. That was before we really started to worry about it. So, like, it was here. And asymptomatic people were out partying and getting beads and showing off their boobies. And then a month later, people are dying. Tits out for the boys. Tits up. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. What was I going to say? Uh, did I, I say this last time? I can't remember. You know, I have fever dreams, and I can't remember if I told you something or not. And um, we were getting in our like weekly update at work. Um, COVID nineteen was confirmed in seven nursing homes in Minnesota, and like the outcome was atrocious. <laughs> like these people are not. Oh, they're not see. making it out. Like it's. Yeah, they're just. I, they I can't. Can, I can imagine nursing homes are the most intense oh, place my. right now, besides like an emergency room. But. I'm so scared for my residents. Like I, oh my god, if anything ever happened to them, I, oh my god, I'd fucking die. <laughs> um, sorry. No, no, no. It's all I, I hear you, and it's uh, all of this. You know, obviously, it's a reptile show. The first thing we're all like coronavirus. You know, because <laughs> it's just it's it's so absorbing with everything that's going on in our life right now. I mean, well, it's freaking. It's, it's absolutely not, and that's why this reptile room I'm sitting in right now is so important, man. Because I can just zone the fuck out and yeah. just do something else, you know. And if there's one thing that I've learned and that's worked for me, do something else. I don't know what it is, but it helps. Well, and <laughs> do this, that. <laughs> that thing is. This whole thing's weird because it affects all of us. Like it's. It's affecting, and not just all of us, but like the entire world. It's, it's, I've, I've told multiple people the weirdest thing, you know, in our lifetime, we've made it through 9-11, which was, up to this point, was the weirdest damn thing. And now we're going through yeah. this, which is so insane. To shut down life for two months is crazy. Yeah. Everyone's lifestyle is, is affected. Even people who are homebodies or work from home or, you know, never leave their house, they're affected in, in some way or another. Like everybody is. Yeah, the inability to um, just go out and like go shopping, go go get fast food, or go to a restaurant, 
Like, you don't realize yeah. how often you do those things until someone's like, you can't do those anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, you thought. Or like the yeah, amount, no or for me, the amount of reptile shows. Like, I haven't, I mean, there's, I've got a reptile show I'm supposed to do at the end of this month. Obviously, I won't be doing because it's yeah. shut. Hey, how's Sean right. doing? Is he doing okay? Is he, he's staying afloat? Or? I mean, he's, he's fine. It sucks. All his shows are canceled. Yeah. Uh, I saw, yeah. Um, who sent us that message about, um, tall grass rack? rack systems oh um, um that's fucking sad yeah that, that sucks uh, what T- tgr racks shut down for business because of all this yeah oh no i know yeah from what looks, i tell looks like from yeah from from what he uh posted it looks like it so that's too bad uh-huh. yeah i'm trying to see who it was. at least that's something that it's that's one of those things that you can start again yeah totally you know? Like you, you've got the skill, you, you'll have the reputation, you know, as long as you don't have to sell the equipment and you're able to keep your equipment, you know, you can turn the lights on about as fast as you shut them off. So that, that's, that's, you know, that sucks. That's horrible, yeah. but and, and recovery. See, and see, we're all kind of in a, in a weird, like you're, the two of you are still working. So you're still getting paychecks. I'm a teacher. I, uh, <laughs> I'm a teacher. So I still get a paycheck. But I can't imagine the households that get nothing right now that are just completely shut down and they're not working at all. What does that look like? Like, what does that do? I'm, I don't, I don't want to be. That's that's that. Was, I can't it's do like it. Massive. I don't know how. The mass hysteria at this point for me. I don't. Yeah. Oh, it was Darren Watson. Darren Watson sent us a message. Told Darren, us about T- yeah. TGR. Yeah. Crazy. Sorry, Darren. I didn't mean to forget you. Um. So uh, shall we? Yeah, my friend. All right. So. We got a couple things from the Facebook page before we jump into everything else that's going on this week. Uh, the first thing I did is I, I made that little meme about, I kind of stole it and redid it for reptiles, but it was uh, <laughs> like the Family Feud meme where it said the four things that new reptile keepers need to know. And that one, everywhere I posted, had like 30, 40, I think one of them had like 70-something replies to it. Uh, and a lot of them were the same. So I thought we should discuss some of those. I'll go over some of the ones that are listed. I've got them all kind of pulled up on my screen. But some of the things mm-hmm. that keepers need to know before getting their reptile and i know we talk about them all the time but i it's, i think it's so important that it needs to be talked about all the time mm-hmm. um so like i think the first one is always research don't don't just go buy an animal just because you think it's pretty or you saw a picture of it on mm-hmm. facebook in the sun and it was shiny and you're like i want one of those don't <laughs> it's do your research yeah it's number, hard but it is I mean, slow down, I, like, drop yeah, the wall. I say that feel like one, you're trying to make your ass fall off. I say that one with experience. You know, I, 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 I'm looking around my room right now, just trying to figure out how guilty I am. Like, okay, yeah, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Nope. Uh, yeah. Bad. <laughs> you know, yes. like, <laughs> I, I've done it. And that's why I say don't do it. Cause I've been there. Like my rainbow bow, I've talked about before. That's my first snake. That was a horrible first snake. And the fact that he's alive 17 years later is amazing. But, I mean, I had to do a ton of research after I picked it up at a show because it was shiny and pretty at a reptile show, and oh I bought my God. it. You know what I just thought of? Um, do you have a name for that rainbow boa? I do. His name is Ozzy because of Wizard of, the, Ozzy? Wizard of Oz. Over the rainbow. I. Oh, okay. You clever. But um, I'm just imagining him as like a grizzled old war veteran, like to these snakes. <laughs> to the rest of the snakes. He's just like, I've seen some shit. You don't know what it was like back in 03. <laughs> like, I was kept in a fucking <laughs> I was, fish I tank. I was in a glass tank. 
It was yeah. dry as hell. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like an eye patch. And <laughs> oh. Okay, continue. I'm fucking hyper. I'm excited for well, this like, podcast. We well, got like a lot Brandon of said, looking around, the, the Rainbow Bow was a big one for me, or like my Sulcatas I've talked about before. I've got all of them outside now, but for a long time I kept mm-hmm. them inside, and, and two of mine are definitely stunted, and it's my fault because I didn't take the best care of them, but they're great now. And that was yeah. a huge, I mean, that was, that's all I got to talk about. I was on, um, uh, the Herp Culture podcast this week and I kind of yeah. talked about on there, uh, about, so <laughs> about people getting all these sulcatas and that scares the shit out of me watching at a show when people walk around with these little tiny baby sulcatas they got for 25, 40 bucks. I'm like, no, that's, it's a cute baby, but like that's 80 pounds, 100 pounds, 150 pounds of tortoise for 150 years. It's like, you don't understand what it's going to be like. But that's a purchase done without any research. So right. quick quick question, like, because you, you know how we're telling people, like, I haven't gone through it, but you guys are telling people, like, you guys are like, I went through it. Don't make that same mistake I did. Just slow down and research. Yes. Um, was there anyone or anywhere that you guys heard um, when you guys were getting into it, like, hey, slow down and research, and you ju- you were just like, oh, I got it, you know, or or you just didn't hear that, and and you know, you had to learn it for yourself. I'll let Brandon go. I, man, I never have been good at learning things the easy way, you know. <laughs> like, I, I've never been one that, that was good at looking, you know, listening to advice, and, and all the advice was so different back then. Like everyone. You know, you, you know how I learned that I needed to have a thermostat on all of my heat sources? I killed a pair of chondros. Oh, man. Yep. It's yeah. uh, power went out one day, then it turned back on, but the AC breaker blew, so there was no air conditioning. And I walked in, the reptile room is like 100-something degrees, Ooh. both toast. Because on every other day, it, it was always fine. And they were on like a light, you know, I didn't have them. Anyway, they died. And uh, that's how I learned that lesson. And, and the when I try to take the time to give people advice, like if, say, it's, we're in groups, you know, like the Carpet Python discussion board is a group I'm in a lot. The Carpet Python group is a group I'm in a lot. Wherever I'm at, you know, if, if I take the time to kind of throw some advice out there and be like, hey, you might want to think about it this way. It's probably because my dumbass has already paid the price. <laughs> I did exactly what you're doing, and this is why that went wrong, like really wrong. You shouldn't ever do that, you know. So I don't know if, if anyone ever wants to listen, like that would be cool. But a lot of people don't. <laughs> it's just whatever. Yeah, a lot of people have, and, I, and I've, I'm guilty of it. A lot of people have that mentality of, well, you messed up, but I won't. I'm telling you right now, that's a stupid mentality. You will mess up. And even if you, even if you go into it with you messed up, but I won't mentality, is it worth the risk that you will mess up? It's not worth it. Like take your time and research it, you know? And when I first got into it, it was definitely different. Like you had, you had forums. You had, I was mainly on kingsnake.com and then on the message boards. And sure, there were people telling you to slow down here or that, but information wasn't as, so easy to get as it is now. I mean, now there's 5 million videos and 27 podcasts. And I mean, we're all telling you the same thing. Slow the fuck down. Hey, uh, hey Car- Carly, what do you know about some kingsnake.com? Have you ever been there? <laughs> yes, I've been there. Oh. But God damn it. I hate you both. <laughs> 
I, I used to live on kingsnake.com. <laughs> yes, I know I'm new, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but there was a lot of you young blood. A lot of good things that I saw uh, people suggesting on all the different posts that I made. And um, a lot of them, a lot of the things they suggested could be fixed with research, like things like use a thermostat. So many people get a snake and don't think about or don't know what a thermostat is. I've had so many people go, well, I've got this, and they'll show you a thermometer. And you're like, that, that's that's not a thermostat. Or they'll yeah, show you a yep. rheostat, and you're like, that a rheostat's not a thermostat. Like, you need a thermostat. And then you always get the, well, that's expensive. Well, yeah, it's not super cheap. Like, that's that's this hobby is not a super cheap hobby. I mean, trust me, not a cheap hobby. So, but a thermostat is essential. If you're going to run a heat source of some kind, like a heat pad or a a panel, got to have a thermostat. Uh, Proper enclosure size is the one that I saw that got over and over again. So many people buy a baby and they put it in a 10 gallon and they go, all right, we're great. That's great for six months, a year. I was like, you've got to think, okay, what do I have? You know? I've talked about it before where I get so worried all these people that buy retics. There's so many retics being produced now and they're adorable as babies. And yeah, you can fit them in a 20 long tank as a baby. It'd be tight, but you can fit them there. But then in a year they need a, <laughs> they need a large cage. And then in five years, I mean, you're gonna have to build something and uh, people don't think that through. And that, that's a, a big problem. And I know Brandon, you deal with, you have scrubs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so that's big. Those are big, big snakes. They're going to get big. Now, they're, they yeah. don't, obviously, they're not nearly as common as people buying retics and berms. But that takes right. some planning. I mean, you don't you don't buy a scrub as a baby without planning. All right, in five years, I've got to have cage space for however many adults you have. I mean, how, how big is your biggest one right now? Uh, I have four that are around like, the, I'd say, between eight and a half, ten foot realm. Um, you know, just all, all in between there. So right now the biggest cage I have is six feet by two by four. So two deep, four tall. Wow. And the other ones are still in, uh, you know, some smaller ones, unfortunately, they're in four by, uh, four by two by 18s. Um, but the, the cool thing about scrubs is they're, they're pretty compact. They're yeah. pretty tiny. They don't have to be big. A 10 foot scrub is still, you know, only about, I mean, jungle carpet width. Yeah, it's not like a ten foot, not like a ten foot berm. Ten foot berm no. is going to be that's going to be a tight fit in a four foot cage. <laughs> yeah, so I, ideally everyone's going to be in six footers. Um, I'd like to buy a house this year, so hopefully, if I can okay. get that house, I can get the six footers in. But this year just got weird. I mean, I would have bought a house this year. Now I don't know what the heck's going on. So I guess next year I'll buy a house. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, but now that I'm bored on weekends, honestly, I'm thinking about building some sort of cool outdoor enclosure for my scrubs. Just, I mean, I, I rent a place, so I need it to be able to be broken down, but something that might be kind of semi portable that I could put in the backyard that I just think would be dope throughout the summertime, you know? So you could put know. some, hi- put some hinges on it, and yeah, put some hinges on it so it can fold in and, and, sh- yeah, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd rather buy something. I think I'm not that really not that good at building stuff, but I just don't know if I can even buy what I want. I don't think it exists. I think I have to build it. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot with reptile stuff, though. A lot because a lot of times, a lot of us get ideas in our heads, and we can't find exactly what we want. 
Um, outside stuff would be cool. I, li- I, I like the idea. I'm always afraid of outside stuff just because of uh, things catching stuff or something like that. But with like my sulcatas, outside had to be done. There was no, you know, I'll see people with, on sulcata boards that will keep their sulcatas inside the house walking around. And I'm like, first off, that's freaking nasty. That thing shits oh, and pisses wherever it wants. They're little tanks. They're going to knock everything out. Like, that's just gross. Put them outside. And it's so much better for them. Like, I, I look outside. I look outside in the middle of the day and all four of them are out there grazing in the yard, laying in the sun, which is what they're supposed to be doing. How, how big are they? How big is your biggest sulcata? My biggest is probably about 80 pounds. And he's, I think, like 13 oh, years wow. old. He's only 13 or so. Have, have you bred them before? Have they no, breeded for you? No, I have no intentions on breeding them. I think I have, from what I can tell, cool. I have all males and one small female. Uh, I was, was going to say that. I mean, if you're keeping a group together, you don't really have a choice. Yeah, no. It's going to happen. I, I think, I think uh, my one female is small, and it's one of the ones that I had forever, and I stunted her growth. So, I mean, she's she's pretty small. And they, they leave her alone. They don't do anything. It's the, Mostly, it's just the two larger males every now and then will shove each other, um, which is just, I mean, if you're going to have, that's another thing that people like, they want to get sulcatas and keep them outside. Understand that if you have two males, they're going to fight. There's no, like, training them not to fight. There's no telling them to stop. They're going to fight, and as a warning, it's always a risk when they get older that that fight can turn into you having one less sulcata at some point. Uh, they can kill each Damn, other. Damn, it that wild. I've never seen – I've never actually seen it. I've, uh, they shove each other around, and then I'm, they have the, the scutes underneath their necks that they use to flip each other with. And I've heard horror stories of them actually stabbing the other ones in that soft tissue oh. by the neck and the leg and actually jabbing it in there. While mm. trying to flip them and uh, killing each other, can wow. they still can oh. they still uh, breathe upside down and shit? They can. Really big ones. I mean, when I used to work at the zoo, we'd come in the next day and I'd go search the tortoise yard, and you'd see a big male flipped over, and you can tell he was there for a while because there's a clear circle where he's been just spinning oh, himself around. <laughs> oh, no. And he's fine. You flip them over, they're fine. So obviously, like they flip over on their back, they're not going to die right away. But I mean, I'm. Obviously, oh, okay. you can't leave them on their back for days. That that won't work either. Um, <laughs> but it is a lot of pressure. On the larger the tortoise it is, the, there's a lot of pressure and weight on their organs when they're flipped over. Um, so that is a concern. But it's if you're going to own own sulcatas, it's a it's something that's going to happen. You just got to watch mm-hmm. for it. The only tortoise I've had was a California desert tortoise. He was pretty cool. Those are cool. I got him. I got him when I was like sixteen or something like that. Uh, seventeen. No, no, no. I was older. I was like nineteen. Anyway, uh, my grandma's neighbor uh, had one. It was a little baby, and its eyes were like bulged out. Like it looked like giant, like puff. I mean, it was bad. I don't know what that's called when they fill up mm. fluid and. It, it looks like one of those squishy toys, oh. you know what I mean? When pop out, and the shell was super crazy soft on the top and the bottom. It was so bad. And I took him to the vet up in uh, your blend. Uh, Doctor Tom Greek actually is the the veterinarian in Orange County that uh, cured him. But yeah, Tom, hooked, you know, hooked the, tur- hooked the tortoise up and got him ready to go, and he got better. And he lived in my back of my grandma's house for like ten years. For a long time, and then uh, she sold the house, and the guy that bought it was a biology teacher. So in the contract to buy the house, one of his requests was to keep the tortoise. Nice. Oh, nice. That's a weird. Yeah. That's a weird request in a contract for a house. <laughs> right. The tortoise stays. 
Oh, cool. I'm like, absolutely. That's awesome. He's got kids and stuff, you know, teaches college. But yeah, sure. Whatever. I uh, I always tell folks, if they want a tortoise, look at things like Russian tortoises, Greek tortoises, things that you can keep inside your house on, on a tortoise table its entire life. Uh, pancake tortoises are awesome. Things that stay small. There's so many Those other options cool. than sulcatas. Like, I get that you. everybody goes, I want a giant tortoise. And, like, everybody wants a giant tortoise until you have to care for a giant tortoise. First off, it's a lot of shit. I can't, I can't stress enough how much shit a tortoise produces <laughs> and how large it is. It's a lot of shit. I don't understand. It's, it's so much. Um, and, they, and they eat nonstop. I mean, they just, they, they, they eat nonstop. So it's, it's a lot of work. And so that, that's one of those things when, People have got to do the research, fully understand what it's going to take. And just because you see a YouTube video or someone's holding this animal and you think it's adorable, you need to realize what goes into having that animal. And I think that's another problem with a lot of, and I've said it before with a lot of YouTubers, especially uh, that whole unboxing idea that so many YouTubers want to do. They order so many reptiles in the beginning of making their YouTube channel because there's only so much you can do of showing your room. So they just order new and new and new animals. With and I think without the full thought of what it's going to take to take care of that animal, so when they shoot their YouTube video and someone watches it and they get sixty thousand kids watching that YouTube video, the first day they unbox it, it's pretty and shiny and amazing, and now those kids want one, and that's that's a danger. That's a, that's a serious danger in the hobby of so many animals getting bought just as a impulse thing. Mm-hmm. So. What's it cost? What does it cost you to feed? If you don't mind me asking, what does it cost you to feed your tortoises per month? What do you say that, Ron? Well, it's you not said five. It's not much right now because they're outside. Uh, so they eat the yard. I've got they've got a pen with a barn, and it's a smaller pen, and then it's got doors on it open up, and I've got cattle panels that I can rotate around the yard. And so as the grass grows higher in a certain area, I rotate the cattle panels there. And so I just rotate them around the yard, and that's mostly what they eat because for a sulcata. I mean, the largest chunk, 90% of their diet needs to be grasses. Um, and so I do that. I've got tortoise chow. I buy a bag of tortoise chow every couple of months. That's probably 50 bucks or so. Um, and then every now and then I'll throw them a couple of heads of romaine lettuce or some mustard greens. So it's not a ton to feed them with the way I have them set up now. Uh, when you have them inside, I mean, you're feeding them, especially when they're young and you're having to be the only source of food for them, you're feeding them every other day or every two days. Um, and depending on how many you have, I mean, they, they eat a lot. It's insane. So like that 80 pound male can easily eat a whole pound, a whole head of uh, romaine lettuce without even thinking about it. And then followed up with a couple of carrots and um, anything like that. So, I mean, it can get expensive and it's not always so much the food bill that's expensive as it's just the general being able to house them. I mean, especially people like said they buy those little silver dollar sized babies at a reptile show. And every silver, every silver dollar size baby will at least get 50, 60 pounds. So, I mean, how do you feel about, how do you feel about leopard tortoises? Do you feel like that's a good kind of compromise for someone who wants a tortoise, but maybe not as big if they want to set it up properly? Cause I mean, they can, they can get pretty big. There is one, I forget which subspecies, but there is one subspecies of leopard tortoise that gets, I want to say like almost a hundred pounds. I mean, it gets pretty big. Jesus. There's wow. one of the, one of those. Yeah, I've definitely never. Do they get pretty big? Redfoots, I think, are great as long as you can meet the humidity requirements. Redfoots get to a decent size, but not massive. Um, I, I want Nick to get a redfoot. And the only thing is, yeah. you, know, 
you don't keep them like sulcatas because they're a, a forest species versus a grassland savanna species. So a little more humidity for them. But redfoots get a good a good size without getting massive. And they're pretty. I mean, you can get them with those bright red heads with the bright red legs. And they're a really pretty tortoise. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. So, like I said, and that's, like I said, go back to the research thing. People have just got to research stuff. There's nothing wrong with wanting to own a tortoise. And I'm not telling folks, don't buy a sulcata. If you can do everything properly for it, they make really cool pets. But you got to I just need to borrow sulcata. Hey, all right. So if anyone's listening and they're in the Southern California area, I don't have a lawnmower. And I really want a new tortoise can live for free in my backyard until you want it back. And then once he's eaten everything, it's fine. Just, just want to borrow him for a second. You, know? you, you scratch. Yeah. <laughs> you scratch my back. My sc- <laughs> I scratch yours. <laughs> my guys were originally living in a like sixteen by sixteen pen, and they ate all the grass of that in in no time flat. It was just dirt. So it's like, all right, no, we've got to figure out a way around this. And that's when I was like, all right, we'll go buy cattle panels, cut them in half. And then I can move them around the yard, put them in the ground, zip tie them together, make it extremely mobile. And uh, that way they come out and they love clover. So, like, every time these big patches of clover and, you know, everybody's trying to get weeds not to grow in their yard. I'm like, oh, no, hell, give me as many weeds as possible. Like, during the cooler months, I just shove ryegrass seed out there because ryegrass will grow, like, on concrete if you put it on there. Um, so, I have right in the, in the winter, it's really pretty green in my backyard, full of ryegrass. And they eat that stuff down to, I mean, just half inch. But they're going to eat a lot, so and you got to have the space. And they and a lot of people have issues. They dig. That's another big problem with them is they dig. Now I have found if you give them somewhere to go into, they tend to not dig. So mine have a big, I think it's like eight foot by four foot barn that's heated when it's cooler, and they can go in there and it's dark, and they can get out of the sun. Um, and when they're ready to go inside, they just go inside. But a lot of folks have them in just a big yard, a big pen. And they'll dig these giant burrows, big enough for a grown man to climb down into. And the problem is they can go down and out for 20, 30 feet or more. Um, and so that, that's another problem. A lot of people lose sulcatas because they put them in their backyard, and then they just dig their way out of the backyard. Well, um, again, I work for a plumbing company, so I go to a lot of different people's houses. And I, I came to a customer's house one day, and I needed to go in their backyard to do my work. And then they had a sulcata, and he was telling me the story. There's this giant hole under the house, dude. This this tortoise dug straight under the footing, under the house, and made a freaking burrow underneath, like, oh, yeah. the house. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Man, like, Did he still have the tortoise? Yeah, it was under the house. <laughs> it was still under <laughs> That, still under the fucking house. That's the problem with those burrows is like if they're down in there, they're in there. Uh, there's no getting them out. Um, so it's it's tricky. Uh, luckily, I haven't had that issue with them digging here. Just because I said, I, I think the big things are, one, uh, a lot of times if you can keep them from seeing the other side, they don't tend to want to dig to the other side. And two, as long as you give them somewhere to go that fills the niche of that burrow, that does everything, they want somewhere dark, Somewhere out of the way, somewhere secluded, somewhere where they can't be borrowed, bothered. And as long as you give them that, it will curb it. It won't completely stop. They may decide to dig one day, uh, but it will curb it. You know, when I worked at the zoo, we never had any issues with any of our tortoises digging out. That's because they had a house to go into at night if they wanted to. So, but yeah, they will. They will dig. 
giant, like as big around as a 55 gallon drum and then 20 feet deep down underneath like that guy's house. I mean, you could climb down in there and pet the tortoise if you want to. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. They sound just like the worst pets in the entire world, honestly. They're, oh, man, they're it's not that bad. It's not that bad. They're, Dude, they sound, they sound they're, so, no, they're, so, they're, so much worse. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. They're awesome as long as you can do everything that is required to keep it properly, which is that whole this whole process of all these things that keepers need to know. You're not going to – I think so many times people get a reptile and they think, I can bend this reptile to fit how I want it to live. And it's just not going to happen. Yeah. There's millions mm-hmm. of years of evolution that have got that animal living the way it's supposed to live. And if the way it wants to live doesn't fit the way you live – it's not the pet for you. You know, if you live in an apartment, then yeah, a tortoise is probably, a sulcata tortoise probably is not the pet for you. You know? Is is Joe going to take the, the tortoises when you guys are? <laughs> That's the only option. She's going to get stuck with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but other things that I saw along with, uh, along with making sure you research, uh, and some of them are just more like the small, simple things. Like, Things when we first got into the hobby that were the norm, and now we've realized don't do it. Uh, like moving an animal when you feed it, moving a snake when you feed it. Uh, that was that was you were told to do that when we got into the hobby, and now we're like, well, that's stupid. There's really no reason to. Um, and look, if you want to, if someone's listening and they want to move their snake when they feed it, do it. Have at it. If your snake throws up when you put it back in this cage, understand that's because you moved it. Um, yeah. There's only a couple of reasons I can see why you would need to move a snake. Really, only one. If you're breeding snakes, or if you keep snakes together for a long period of time throughout an entire breeding season, and you want to give them a meal, separate them. Don't feed them in the same cage. Um, but there's always that whole. Everyone's like, I'm afraid of impaction. If you're afraid of impaction, change your bedding. If you're afraid of whatever you have your snake on is going to get in, it's going to get impacted when it eats its food, then change the bedding, not the food pr- process. You know. So, I mean, I'm sure, Brandon, at some point you remember the whole move your animal out of its cage when you feed it. Oh, yeah. I preached it. Are you kidding? I worked at a pet store when I was like 18, 19. And, uh, yeah, that was the go-to line. That was just what that was what everybody told you to say. That was it back then. That was the advice. Here's your 20-gallon tank, you know. Uh, here's your, your freaking cage carpet with the (laughs) human in the little hide cave that's made of ceramic, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. it. How about some sticky? Would you like a sticky plant, sir, to put on your glass? <laughs> now it thinks it's in the forest. How cool. I don't know. Uh, I remember yeah, it was those. it was 20 gallon tank, green cage carpet, that old ceramic bowl that was brown on the outside, blue on the inside, and then uh, yeah. and then a heat rock, and that was that was how you kept snakes. That's what you did, and then if you wanted to find, if you wanted to put a hide in there, great. If not, you know, throw a cereal box in there and climb inside the cereal box. Like it was, it was. I, I remember it was just it was it's so weird. And then now you look at people's setups with these naturalistic, bioactive, and it's all crazy. And they would look at you like you were crazy if you showed them a picture of how you kept something in 1995 versus now. But it's how we were told to do, and we know more now. So like I said, don't move. Another thing that people are like. Oh uh, well, it gets food aggressive if you feed it in the cage. Well, no, I mean you need to give it other like feed it in the cage, and then when you take it out every now and then, hold it, 
But if you only ever feed it in the cage, well, then yes, it's not food aggressive. It just automatically thinks every time you open the cage, that's feeding time. That's well, not- it's just use your hook. Don't be, you know, too fucking cool for a hook that, you know, I just use a fucking hook. I, I use a hook every day, all the time. Not to necessarily hook the snakes out, just to let them know that I'm there. Yes. Because, yeah, I have a lot of animals, and I can't hold them every freaking day, or should you, you know? So a lot of times, it's either I'm changing your water or I'm feeding you, you know? And don't get me wrong, my snakes come out a lot, but that's just, you know, you can expect that in my collection. I'm busy. And uh, so just tap them. Let them know you're there. Take a second. Just, just a second. You know, let them know that you're there. Brush your hook across them. Wait till they're not staring at you anymore like they're going to eat you. Give them a second to turn around and kind of want to crawl away. Just reach in the back. Fine. Doesn't well, fucking matter. It's like, oh, going to bite you. Cry me a river. Get out of snakes and do a different pet. You sissy. Goddamn. <laughs> well, there's a couple things go along with that. So, we've said before, every snake room, every person that owns a snake should have a snake hook. You should have at least one. Yeah. I've got, I don't know, three, four, plus some tongs, but at least one hook. Also, Getting bit is not cool. I don't give a shit how small your penis is. Getting bit won't make it bigger. It's not cool. Like, there's no reason to go, oh, getting bit part of the fun. You sound like a dumbass every time you say getting bit is part of the fun. Like, it's not good for the snake for it to bite you. It's not good for you to get bit. And then uh, I always hear That's like you shouting. (laughs) <laughs> for like a 10 mile radius like i have a really small pecker that's all that is everybody's like i'm man enough what to get bit i'm like no you're a dumbass <laughs> and so I, that pisses me off and then i saw a couple times people posted you know understand you're gonna get bit at some point that's not always true like i don't think that's great advice understand that getting bit is a possibility it's definitely a possibility but there's been plenty of people that have owned snakes that have never been bit by their snake not once. And if yeah. you do, if you do everything mean, like, properly, you're fine. Yeah, but I mean, on that note, because I agree with you like 90%, but the other 10% of me keeps scrub pythons. <laughs> and uh, yeah, dude, you're going to fucking get bit. Yes. And it definitely is part of the fun. And if you're not cool with that, don't keep scrub pythons. <laughs> you know? There are certain, I will say there's still certain snakes in the hobby that getting bit is a very high likelihood. Scrubs, it's a very high likelihood. Uh, blood, yeah. bloods and, I, and stuff. See, I yeah. You know, I think bloods, short tails, it's, there's a high likelihood you'll get, you'll get bit at some point. But I remember when I first got into the hobby, all retics would kill you. Like all of them would bite you. But now you watch people with so many retics that are so friendly. Uh, it's just over time and generations that kind of goes away. But so yeah, there are certain species that are going to get, but if, if someone's buying a corn snake, they're probably never going to get bit. And they're probably just not going to nah. And so it's, I think it's for someone to tell a new keeper, you're going to get bit at some point. One, I think it scares people away from the hobby when it probably shouldn't. You know, if you're going to own a ball python, you're probably never going to get bit. It's going to ball up and try to stay away from you at most as it can. So, I mean, yeah, if you're going to go out and buy scrub pythons or uh, bloods or stuff that, you know, or uh, emerald tree boas, you're, you're probably going to get bit. Those are probably going to bite you. Uh, and moving away from snakes UVB I mean I mean, some people will tell you UVB is needed for certain snakes that's a whole different argument here or there but for lizards and tortoises we know for sure UVB is necessary so don't buy your turtle your tortoise your lizard throw it in a glass tank 
and give it a heat light and be done. Like, you got to get the, I don't care if the UVB bulb costs more and the whole fixture costs more. If you don't give it to your animal, it will die. That's how that works. So, in your experience, is there a pretty big difference in the ranges of the UVBs? Like, I know there's the, I don't know a lot about UVB because I don't use a lot of it. Okay. I, I do have some in one of my, actually two of my pages, but that's it. So if it's, you know, the 10.0 versus the 5 or the, you know, what's what? So I don't, there's got to be a difference. I use the 10.0 because that is usually for like lizards or for uh, desert species. And so like I keep a Euromastix, I keep a bearded dragon. They get the 10 point. I think there's actually like a, like a 12.0 or something on some of them. You want those higher desert ones because it's more UVB, which is what they would be getting in the wild. They would be getting more straight UVB versus something like a 5.0 which is going to be more of a desert species, whereas most of that UVB light is being blocked by the canopy, and only some is getting down to the bottom. So that, that is where that comes into play. That's where research comes into play. If, you're, if you have a desert species, a higher UVB uh, is going to be needed for that species, because that's what it is in the wild. And for anybody out there wondering what that, all that is, the UVB allows your animal to take in that calcium that you're supposed to be feeding it, and then turn that into bone. If you don't give your animal calcium, it obviously can't make more bone. If you don't give it UVB, it can't take that calcium and turn it into bone. And then you get things like, uh, um, oh, what is the metabolic bone disease and stuff like that, where the tails start to get all kinked and the legs start to look weird. And they get those club foots. And if you see metabolic bone disease in certain animals, it gets really ugly. Uh, their bones just don't form properly. So, yeah, it can be expensive. Plus, the other weird thing with UVB is even though it's putting out light, after six months, you have to replace it because the UVB wears off. And yes, it will still produce light, but it's no longer producing the UVB needed for the animal. And so you got to replace the bulb. And I know some people go, but the bulb still works. As a light bulb, move it to a lamp or something if you want to, but it's no longer working for your animal. So that, that's one. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm guilty of not using it early on, which is one reason my tortoises were stunted. Uh, they, they didn't get it. And so that, that was on me. Again, don't make the same mistakes we make. Learn from them. Um, I'm trying to scan through some of these other ones. That are really, again, no heat rocks. By the way, I don't. I'm still amazed in 2020 that any pet store still buys, still sells a heat rock, or that any company still produces a heat rock. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, everyone should. I saw something worse the other day. Uh, I was scrolling through the Carpet Python page. I feel bad now because I think I meant to to actually reach out to this guy, but I uh, I, I got busy and didn't think of it again until now. Uh, if you're listening, send me a PM. But um, so in his cage, he had this cage, this enclosure that he built, and he put a ceramic heat emitter on the side, like right in the middle side of the cage, with a cage over it, so the snake could bask on top of the ceramic heat emitter. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there's a crack behind it so the snake could get directly behind the ceramic heat emitter. Have you ever have you ever temp gummed a ceramic heat emitter? Yes. It's dude, fucking insane. Not at all. Yeah, I know. It's it's gonna the snake's gonna cook. I, I meant, again I, I meant to shoot a message and just forgot. But yeah, I know. That's worse. Like you could cook an egg on those things. They are just because it's ninety degrees on the log underneath it, does not mean that ceramic heat emitter is ninety degrees. It's going to temp gun like two hundred degrees. I mean, it's it's going to be insanely hot. 
Uh, That's why I personally use gradient heat panels. I, I find love that it's, it's the safest way to go. Although I will say I'm not pleased with um, the new ones that I have, the Vivarium or the ones from Reptile Basics, the Vivarium Electronics ones. Dude, I'm I, I have some that are ten years old, twelve years old, thirteen years old, you know, some old ones that are working great. They're perfect. But the last model that they came out with, there's a plug and when they and when you plug it into the heat panel, it doesn't click shut or hold shut. So it can get pulled out just as easy as you put it in. And there's nothing to hold it there. So all a snake has to do is climb up and stick its nose in that little gap that there's absolutely nothing yeah. you can do to get rid of, no matter how tightly you fasten the little cord strap or thing to where you don't think they'll get it out. All they have to do is nose it and the thing falls out and then you don't have any heat going on. Which literally, dude, like three times a week that happens in my reptile. It's just one, it's just my checklist now. In the morning before I go to work, I look at each of the new panels, make sure they're still plugged in at night before I go to bed. I do the exact same thing, and uh, it happens all the time. So I, I hate the new brand. Uh, I would go pro products, or I hope that they'll they'll fix it soon or come up with a solution. I, uh, I've got five heat panels. The four four-foot cages behind me, uh, two of the heat panels, my cage builder, he built them with the heat panels in there, so I don't even know what brand they are. The other two, the cages were given to me with the heat panels. I've never actually looked to see what brand they are, but they've all worked fine. They don't pull, the core doesn't pull out, so definitely older if they are from uh, Vivarium Electronics. And then I just ordered a small one from Pro Products that I put in my bread lie and its little cage I'm keeping it in. I like that one. It's a, it's a, it's a very sturdy. I like that heat, that heat panel. I know Carly used them. She likes them. Uh, That's all I use. I uh, won't use anything else. I, like I just it. trust him so much. Yeah. And he, I love it. Oh, I forget his name, but like the owner, like every time I get one, I call him as opposed to send him an email just because I like talking to him because <laughs> he's a really cool guy. And like, he can see that I've been a patron of his before. So we shoot the shit for a little bit and talk about talk snakes for a couple minutes. And I give him my money and he sends me my, my panel. There you go. There yeah. You go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's, that's the way it should be. I said, and I, as I look through most of these, most of these replies are the same. Again, research will fix most of them. Most of them are know your housing requirements, uh, know your food requirements, know your heating requirements. All of them can be researchable. Also, one that I saw was very important that I liked. Uh, oh, where was it? Oh, Brandon Millichamp on RSC posted, look at more than one source of care sheet. Don't just click on the first link yes. on Google and go, oh, there's all I need to know and then move on. Like, Go, no. If you want to get a ball python, go to a ball python group. Join them. I mean, as, as horrible as some of them may be on Facebook, join them. Type in the search bar heating or substrate or feeding and find whatever posts people have made about them and read through those. Um, and I talked about it on the Herpetoculture podcast. If you want to talk to a breeder, talk to a breeder, but come to them with specific questions. Don't come to them with, what temperature should I keep my snake? Like that's yeah. that's something we're gonna be like. You should know that. Come to them with. I've seen this range to this range. What do you find to be the best for yours? That's a very specific question that I can answer. But when you say what temperature or what bedding should I use or what size, like, come to me with that you that you show me that you've done some research before you got to me. So that's my, um, that's my soapbox. Uh, Ryan 
and Graham said read books. And I don't I was, know if you guys are. I saw that. After I my heart you. Or no, I love like as crazy as shit has been with work. I can't go a day without reading. Like I'll work like a like a twelve to fourteen or. Um, I've done one 16 hour day once and like, I can't not read it. Just ha- it, I, I have to, it helps me sleep. And, um, yeah, I, but like, and there can be shitty books. Like I've gotten a couple books where I'm just like, okay. what the fuck? And like, they were like, obviously the ones that have been published maybe like a decade or so ago, like I was reading a green tree Python, yeah. um, an emerald tree bow. Book those, should that be, was, those should be collector things, not maybe your fact, yeah. your fact book. Yeah. I was reading it and, um, you know, like. I, I was acknowledging that, uh, you know, they were published 10 years ago, but the, I got, I got this one book, um, maybe like five or six months ago. And I can't remember what it, I still have it, but like, it was published like two or three years ago, not even that long ago. And it was still, I was just like, what? <laughs> um, so yeah, did, you know, still be aware that there's not every book out there is a good book. Just because it's a book doesn't mean it's a good book, you know, but well, it's like any web page, just cause there's a web page doesn't make it true. Like, just make sure you again read as much as you can. I can't emphasize how important that is. And and honestly, if you're getting an animal that really interests you, researching it shouldn't be a task or a chore. That should be something you enjoy. You should enjoy finding more about that animal. So that was my first thing yeah. was, was our post. So move on to your question. Uh, do you want me to read it for you? Or you got it. Um, you don't have it pulled up. I've got it. Oh, you do? I do. I do. I had to, I had to scroll up, though, because um, there was the one you posted about, you know, we want to hear from you. And then there's mine. Um, yeah, I just I had a question, but I thought I'd ask this one to see if I get any interesting responses. Um, I was asking uh, what breeders preferred uh, app is for taking payment electronically. Um, you know, if you've ever had to dispute or defend a charge and, uh, you know, was customer was customer support helpful. Um, and you commented, James. I did. Um, April. April commented, all of them were PayPal. <laughs> well, they were, except for, and, and Robert had the one concern that I have heard with PayPal. Uh, his bad experience was he lost a large chunk of money because the buyer, um, because the, the problem is that PayPal doesn't give you protection on live animals. So any of us that sell snakes through PayPal do run that risk of the buyer uh, being a jerk and causing so much issue and PayPal going, all right, and PayPal will give them their money back out of your account without you having to okay it. Um, and so that is a risk. It is a risk, but the ease of using PayPal really kind of overcomes that risk. Uh, I've got the little, when I do shows, I've got the little scanner that takes the chip, it slides the card. I can do it all there, go straight into my PayPal account. Oh, nice. And then usually I'm like, I'll talk to somebody like when I bought my snake from Nick Mutton, I, I had money in my PayPal account. So I just PayPal him the money from my PayPal account from selling other snakes. And so the ease of that is the reason I've stuck with PayPal. Yeah, it's super convenient. It's it's all I've used as well. So far, I've been really lucky. And, you know, the people that have done business with me haven't screwed me over. So I don't have any negative feedback for PayPal. It's just all been really convenient. You know, I've, I've heard the horror stories and so far, so good, I guess. Yeah. So like I said, yeah. on that question, like I said, it was, it was pretty unanimous. You know, it's a Ian... Lance, Sean, myself, April, Billy Hunt, all of us, all of us use PayPal. So, yep. and then the last thing I had, I kind of stole from another, this kind of goes in our social media stuff, but I stole it from another Facebook page, uh, cold blooded collaboration. 
uh, Facebook page had a question. It was a poll, which I can no longer find polls on Facebook. I don't know if they've taken them down. You can't do them anymore or what? So Facebook. Yeah, I actually looked into that after you sent me that message. Um, their most recent update, they took out the polls. Um, oh, that's bullshit. Because I know. I know. I, <laughs> I know. So this poll was, is handling, you can kind of fit into here, uh, Brandon, is handling giant snakes and letting them go around your neck while alone sensible? And I'll tell you before we get into all the answers, there's a stark difference between the people in this Facebook group that I took it from and our listeners. I love you guys so uh, much. <laughs> I will say our listeners are super intelligent, smart people with level heads. Logic- logical. Because reading through a lot of these replies on the original Facebook page, uh, these people were like, yeah, it's fine. You just got to be careful. There's no problem. It's okay. And as someone who has owned larger snakes before, I used to have a like an over eight foot red tail boa. I would not handle her without my wife knowing, one, I was handling her, and my wife being in no more than one room away from me that way if I needed help. And I know you've got the big uh, the big scrubs. I know that's got to be a concern for you when taking them out because I, I think people underestimate how strong these snakes can be even when it's just a fear thing, even when they're just squeezing out of fear. Right. Yeah. Uh, I just don't let them around my neck. I mean yeah. – Every once in a while, if there's, if there's people around, it's, it's, it's whatever. And, and it depends on their mood, too, because there becomes a time when you can really read your animals and, and what's going on with them. And you know when they're in a chill mode and you know when they're not. And you, the more important thing to know is how quickly they can snap from, oh, I'm chilling, hanging out, to hold on, I need to grab onto something real quick. And then, boom, you know, it's not like they're trying to suffocate you. You just become their anchor. And when you're being the branch, you just need to do everything you can as a handler to make sure that your throat is never a part of that branch. Yeah, it's and I've heard it's different with like, like scrubs. I've heard scrubs are, are thinkers. As far as things go, there is more thought going on upstairs than, say, a boa or something like that. And I don't know how true that is. You've owned them. Do you notice a difference in the way they react to you versus say your carpet pythons reacting to you? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a level of intelligence that I compare to retics a lot. Um, they're both kind of like that. Uh, retics are smart too. Was that you weird know? for you the first time you took a snake out and realized that it is thinking while you're holding it? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and that was a, a Malukin python, man. That was, um, the first scrub I ever owned was a Malukin. And, oh man, what a cool snake. I mean, I way overfed it. Uh, I fed it to death probably. Um, I ended up having to sell it as an adult female due to a situation that was happening in my life at the time. And unfortunately, she only, only lived for maybe about another year at uh, one of my buddies houses so but that was my first learning experience with scrubs and yeah at that point i had a lot of variety well pretty good variety now but a pretty good variety then and uh she taught me a lot about snakes that was the one i always that was my favorite i'd love to get a pair again man i hope freaking scott borden gets his axe together and hashes some this year That'd be cool. Somebody's got to figure it out. I really want Scott to unlock it, though. I want I want Scott to get a clutch, man. 
<laughs> I want to come back to that in just a second, but I want to jump back to the overfeeding because it kind of goes back to the four things I think keepers need to know. And I didn't mention it. Uh, feeding, I think, is a big thing. Uh, I don't know how big power feeding is anymore. I remember it being a huge thing back when I first got into people like, would power feed everything. They would, you know, daisy chain like rats down a snake. As soon as that snake got to where the butt was hanging out, they'd put the rat right up next to that butt and it would keep swallowing the next Oof. rat. Um, I also remember weird things like people talking about jungle pythons that wouldn't eat rats and they'd have to feed it like 20 mice at a time. I was like, holy shit, that's insane. But uh, I, I do want to talk about don't overfeed your snakes. And, and you you went through it and you experienced it. It shortens their lives. And as much as people will go, but I want a big snake, it will get there. If it's a big snake species, if it's a berm, if it's a retic, if it's a scrub, it's going to get big. It just may take seven years instead of three years. You know, there's no reason to shorten the lifespan. There's no reason to go through all that. Uh, But you'll have it for twice as long. Yeah. And I mean, you got to think in nature, these things are eating once a month, maybe once every two months. You know, and and here's just a tip. Um, Hungry males are better breeders. Yes. You know, uh, if you have, you know, a, a slender, you know, fit, hungry, just, you know, male that guy is going to be ready to rock and roll with if you have that's been way overfed is a little more on the obese lazy side they're not nearly as productive not even close i keep my male boas fairly small i keep them about four four and a half foot fairly small eating medium to large rats on i had one big male once he was uh, i bought him big i kept him big he was like six foot around he was eating jumbo rats he didn't want a damn thing to do with any female I ever put him with. He was sitting in the corner, and he didn't want to move, and that was it. You put in a small little four-foot male that's, you know, as big around as, you know, carpet pythons, something like that, go to town. So that's one thing if you're breeding. Sm- pound town. Smaller males are much friskier than larger males. Um, and it's just, again, it's, it's better for them. It's just, it's... If you're going to own something, you've got to be owning it because you like the animal, not because you like the outcome. If you're only owning something because you like the outcome, you don't deserve that animal. Right. So, yeah. And if you're breeding to make money, like, I mean, if you've already done it, you're making money, like, good for you. You figured it out. But if you haven't yet and you just have a bunch of snakes and you're breeding, like, I'm going to make a bunch of money, I. Dude, you're so fucked. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to, if you want to make a bunch of money in, in snakes, you need to jump back to not like 2002. Make sure you got about oh 100 grand sitting around, and then yeah, you can be the guy that makes a ton of money now. But at this point, you can make money to pay for your collection. That that can easily be done, I think nowadays. I've, I've broke even probably four or five years in a row now. And that can be done. Um, and I think that should be the goal. That if you can make your hobby pay for itself. And I don't mean broke even like and paid for all the new snakes that I bought. I don't mean that. But as far as covering like the amount of electricity that it costs, covering, you know, like if I had a tenant in there, how much would they have paid in rent? Mm-hmm. You know? Gotcha. And, and and if you're adding that up, I didn't hit it. I've lost. I've <laughs> lost every year. I haven't, I haven't done the rent. I've just done, you know, electricity, food, caging, supplies, you know, this, how much money have I spent on you? You know, okay. You've, 
paid for yourselves. You know, I don't, I don't, that's, that's covered. So yeah. close, but we'll see. And this year might be fun. I might actually have, I'm talking shit to myself too right now. I know I'm fucked because this might be the first year I could legitimately make a profit. <laughs> well, see, and like to me, that should be a pleasant surprise more than the expectation. I, I think, I think that I'm so folks- prepared. <laughs> I'm so ready. I'm so ready to fail. But damn it, I might not. I might pull it off. <laughs> I don't know yet. I just think I, I'm hoping we're kind of past. I think we're past the the peak of that whole people getting to say snakes to make money. I mean, that was definitely six, seven years ago. That was a huge thing. I mean, that's why everybody was buying ball pythons and racks. And and then you start to see all those collections getting sold a year or two later when people realized, oh, you have to feed them and clean up after them. And, do, and it, it takes time. Uh, so people got out of it. But just there's there's nothing wrong with making money. From your animals. There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't want anybody to think that's what we're saying because I breed snakes and I don't do it for, for to not make money. That's not the purpose. I, I am definitely trying to turn a profit this year. Yeah. That is my goal. To be clear, I would like to turn a profit this year. I, I, I just never have. And I, this is probably my 12th year doing this. But so. at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, you're loving every moment of having those animals and you love oh, having yeah. those animals. Dude, it's my life away from life. I, I, I love reptile hobby, the people in it, the focus that it gives me and, and the drive that it gives me. And just uh, I, I like where it puts my head in my mind space and, and what it does for me as, as a person and in my soul. Uh, because, you know, we've got real world stuff and we got family stuff and work stuff and, you know, career stuff and everything else that's going on. And then we've got this like second life that's like snake life. You know, and it's it's awesome. It's great to be able to just zone into as needed. Well, it, it brings together the weirdest group of people because I don't know how many of us would have ever been friends. We never would have known each other outside of this hobby, but just would have been friends. Like I tell Carly all the time, I don't know if she and I would have been friends had this hobby not brought us together. But I'm glad it did because she and I are great friends now. And I think that's the weird I thing. Know, I- the weird thing about this hobby is like it brings all of us together from such different backgrounds, such different viewpoints but we can all come together on this like we all understand this and we all get each other because so many of us go out and tell people yeah i own snakes and they don't get it at all or they think negatively of us or they're going to tell us about the time they killed a snake or how much they hate snakes but we can come to you and go look man i just bought and it could be something simple i just bought a corn snake and you're gonna go oh cool what kind like that's you don't get that from general public you get that from each other each of us in the hobby and it's a great feeling so, it, it is, absolutely. Yep. But, uh, absolutely. Okay. So, speaking of which, you know, when it comes to life and, and meeting people and having friends, we're still trying really hard to have Southwest Carpet Fest this year. <laughs> uh, the shirts are ordered now to everybody who ordered one. Thank you. Uh, unfortunately, we had to remove the 805 logo off of the beer. They would not print it, even though. You know, the host of the party works Aww. for 805, all that we're going to be drinking, and they are yeah. hooking us up with lots of booze. Uh, you know, so we wanted to throw that logo on there. You know, it's like, thank you, but yeah. they took it off. The The shipping company took it off. So that's a bummer. <laughs> but uh, it should be at Travis, Johnson house, Travis Johnson's house, Living Legless Reptiles. Uh, June 13th um, is the goal. 
and hopefully it still works out. I don't know. June's kind of, uh, I think we'll know here probably within about two weeks yeah. uh, whether or not we're moving that. So yeah. stay tuned for details. Dude, I really hope it still happens. Like, like James, you and I were talking about um, IHS is canceled, and I'm so fucking sad. <laughs> I, I, like, shed a manly tear when I had to cancel my hotel room and, and call them and ask if I could, you know, what, what to do with, like, the, the plane tickets I fucking have. Like, it, it, so I, I hope it still happens. I really do. See, uh, and with June 13th, like, I don't know if – we're going to have no one there because everyone's so scared because of the coronavirus. Or are we going to be slammed balls to the wall crazy? Everybody shows up because they're so sick of being in quarantine. They're excited <laughs> to do. You know? Yeah. I, I haven't decided one of those two is going to happen. As, as long as we <laughs> legally can, I do want to say if you are anywhere in that area or can make it to it, go to the Southwest Carpet Fest. We went to Southeast Carpet Fest this year. Carly and myself did. It was the first time either one of us made it to a carpet fest, and it was an amazing experience. We got to meet a ton of awesome people. And so, again, it's another one of those, when there's a chance to find people like you in this hobby, take that chance. So I always tell people, go, go to your shows. Go to local shows, even though we don't have any right now. When they start again, go to them. Uh, talk mm-hmm. to people. Go to – there's a carpet fest in whatever corner of the country you live in. Make it to one of them. Uh, you don't have to own carpet pythons. Like, just – just go hang out. It's fun. Uh, talk to people. Just go talk to people. Mm-hmm. You'll meet people that, that like, like I would do anything for my friends and like, you'll, you'll meet people who would do the same back for you. So it's worthwhile. Okay. So, uh, the large constrictor, back to the large constrictor things. We were talking about that. Uh, most of our, well, all of the people that posted on our Facebook page when we asked that question about having large constrictor down your neck, they all were very sensible. They're like, "That's that's not a good idea. Don't do it." <laughs> you know, some of them got a little more heated. I won't. If you want to read them, you can go read them. You know, Ryan Cox wrote a novel there, so you can read his. <laughs> but there's there's no reason. Again, I think that goes back to the getting bit is fun. I got a small penis thing. I think the throwing a snake around, a big snake around your neck, and walking out in public is uh, hey, look at me thing, not a, uh, hey, look how great this animal is. Now, some people, I will say, take their animal into public like that around their neck purely because in their head they want to share the passion of that animal. And I get it. But there's so much that could go wrong in that situation that will destroy any goodwill you're going to make by taking that animal out in public. You know, there's a video that got posted by Ryan Goslow. Uh, on our page of a guy at a circus with a snake around his neck and he got choked out and he was choked out and I don't know, like less than 10 seconds. Oh, the olive python? Yes. You're talking about the olive python in Russia. Yeah. It was a, yeah, that was a, it was, what was it, like a circus or a carnival or something in Russia? Yeah, man, down instantly. And, and, it was so fast. And you see them drag the guy's dead body. I mean, I'm assuming he's dead because I mean, they let that thing around his neck way longer than they should have, and no one was there to get it off of him. He laid there. And- I know. I tried to check it. I, I really did. I tried to fact check it, and I couldn't. I, I couldn't one way or the other. I, I could not confirm whether or not the guy actually died. So, uh, I know, but you keep 
you keep waiting for someone to just like, and no one comes in anyone, and people are just sitting there watching and they're like is this part of the show and you you were thinking yeah. that the first minute he hits the ground someone would jump out there right away yeah but no one so again if you're going to handle big snakes in general have someone there with you uh that's willing to jump in because this guy apparently didn't <laughs> did not go well and for maybe- him and maybe people sitting there were scared because it's a snake and they, you know, they... Well, it's not their job to get it off of him. It's definitely part of the show until it's clearly not, you know. <laughs> once they, uh, you're like, what oh. the fuck's going on? And you see the guy getting drugged off stage, just limp. <laughs> it's really sad. I mean, it really is. It's pretty fucked up. That sucks. But, I mean, the way he was throwing that olive python around, he was definitely I – mean, that's just not how you handle these animals, man. No. You know? Yeah. yeah. And they dragged him off like like so unceremoniously. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hurry up, get the dead guy off stage. It's bad for business. Remove the dead guy. Bring out the Poor elephants. Guy. Bring out the lions. Let's make this oh, better. Oh, my God. Um, anyway. Well, it's just, like I, said, I, was, I was happy to see that our listeners – have, I mean, I'm not going to say that they're all like sane because I know some of the people. They're not sane. They're crazy people, but they at least make good decisions. And they all said, "Don't do this. Don't, don't put these things around your necks." And, and you always hear that. Well, my snake is. It's like a puppy dog. No, it's not. Yeah. It's like a snake, and it may be very calm. What? Sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I was just going to say some people. Um, you know, they say, well, I, I know my snake. And it's like, yeah, you may know your dog too, but like any dog can bite. Like if your dog is in pain or if it's scared and, you know. Or it, a bad day. And, and yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just we. I've had snakes and, and have we bad already days. Have, we already have a microscope under us. We just, we have to, we just have to be smart. Just be careful. So that, that was the most of them. Uh, Jason Brumley kind of brought this up, and again, I think I got brought up in our our post about this week people giving us ideas. Uh, but he talked about this being just as sensible as people wanting to free handle venomous snakes. Oh yeah, um, and, yeah. And, and I did talk about it a little bit on the, on the episode on the hidden episode with Cody Bartolini that never existed because none of my vocals are there. But we talked about free handling and just how how dumb it is. Like it's and it goes along with this. It's a uh, it's people trying to show their man card. Look how look how tough I am. There's ways to get around. We have hooks, like, like you said earlier, we have hooks for a reason. Learn to use a hook. There's nothing bad about using hooks. I feel like for some reason, so many people have a, have a negative connotation about using safety equipment, which is the weirdest thing that I out there. I don't understand it. Dude, I don't even like free handling mangrove snakes. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I haven't. I've never freehandled you know like anything that was medically significant i just won't do it you know and mangrove snakes i have but i still feel really sketchy about it you know some of those bites can be pretty freaking gnarly so it's you know i don't know i, I just see it every day though well and it's, it's every day and it's it's the whole again i go back to the power of youtube it's only a handful of people that do it. They, they want to free handle. Everyone wants to free handle a King Cobra because it's all on YouTube. Or I see people lately, lately that want to free handle like Gaboon Vipers. I'm like, don't free handle a Gaboon Viper. Oh. That is insane. Uh, but they do it. And I said, I've said this before. You are considered an expert because you have a ton of followers. And that's the worst thing on the, in the world. I, I don't, so many people on YouTube get considered to be experts about these animals. Because they put out a bunch of videos and people watch them. 
And then so someone else goes out there and buys this animal and goes, well, so-and-so did it. That's how you do it. And any of y'all that don't do it that way are pussies. And I'm like, that's that's stupid. I mean, you've got guys out there that, that are legit and know what the hell's going on and, and, and take the precautions, but, you know, also freehandle it. Like here, for instance, like one of the guys that like I, I 100% respect, he, he, he knows exactly what he's doing. You know, Ray Hunter. I don't know if if you, you follow Dr. Ray Hunter or not. He's in a lot of Tom Crutchfield's videos. Him and Tom are really good friends. They live in the same area. So pretty much any time you see a guy that's in like a, almost like a nurse's gown, like a vet gown or something like that, that that's Ray. Uh, he self-invitimates, oh, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and um, he's done it longer than I've been keeping reptiles almost. I mean, he's done it a long time. I, I first uh, started talking to him when I was probably like 17, 18. Yeah, he free, yeah, he free handles. Yeah, yeah, he, he free handles. He's also fucking immune. <laughs> <laughs> Injecting himself with venom for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. It, it, if you're just some guy that's on YouTube that's watching the way that he's handled hots before, then don't do what he's doing. <laughs> you're not it, you know? <laughs> There's a different set of rules that are there, and it's important to understand that. Like, you know, I'm not, yeah, I like to do stupid shit sometimes. Like, I can be dumb and, and have fun and have a good time, but I'm not Steve-O, okay? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I see Steve some crazy ass stupid shit that's really really dumb, but you know that he's gonna survive because he's Steve-O. Because he's Steve-O. Back ass shit all the time because I think it looks cool. All right. (laughs) Yes. So, so life lesson here is don't do stupid shit, and if you do stupid shit, uh, you you need to measure out how stupid it is. Uh, Steve-O's gonna outlive us all. Freehanding, free, free <laughs> yeah, like, gonna be dumb. You gotta be tough. <laughs> too right. Freehandling a king cobra just because some dude did it on YouTube—that that may be a level of stupid that you don't need to try to aim to reach. Or uh, was it which one on Steve? Was it Steve that had his dick bit by the uh, snake? Oh, by the what? Amazon tree boa. They they dressed it up In like a mouse. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know if it was Steve, I forgot who it was. Um, they but yeah, like, one of them did. They dressed like a mouse. <laughs> and and drew it like a <laughs> And they had a string on it, and they bounced it up like a mouse, and then it got bit. <laughs> so, yeah. It, go, if you're listening, watch it, that's fine. Don't try to do it. That's a stupid idea. <laughs> Your dick will get bit. It did. It most definitely did. Oh my god. They, um, they did... It was those guys too that did that shit with um, a coconut crab, right? Probably. <laughs> where they were like, where they were like having it pinch each other's nipples and butts. Ste- and- Steve, oh, they got bit on the ass by an alligator when they had wild boys. Did nothing's part of potty launch though. The porta potty <laughs> uh, slingshot. That was great. With, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Oh. Uh, the worst. Yeah, they uh, they attached bungee cords to a porta potty filled with a whole bunch of shit and piss and launched. I'm pretty sure Steve really high. Oh, yeah. So what what we what we know now is that Steve is actually immune to the coronavirus. 
yeah. <laughs> it was probably Stevo that started. He's he spread, was like, he spread he the coronavirus. Like patient number one. His plasma is going to be the cure, bro. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> Stevo, if you're listening, go get plasma taken yeah. and you're going to cure. <laughs> so Stevo listens to us all the time. All the too, time, so. I'm sure. So that leads you me know, into. That leads me into the YouTube video I want to talk about, the first one at least. Uh, Clint's Reptiles did a YouTube video on the coronavirus. And uh, I enjoy listening to Clint's Reptiles. Have you ever wa- watched any of Clint's Reptiles videos, Wheeler? Not sure if I have. I don't think so. He reminds me of the reptile version of Bill Nye. Like, he's, he's a college professor. He's very smart. He understands what he's talking about. And he has that kind of... The kind of rhythm and the way he talks, it's very similar to like when I grew up watching Bill and I do stuff. Uh, and it's fun to watch. And so he, he broke down. I don't know if I understood the coronavirus video that he did because I'm a biology major and I understand it or if he's just really good at explaining it. But I thought he did a great job of explaining the whole process. It was a pretty good video on what the virus is, how it works, because uh, I think there's so many people out there who don't actually know what it does and they – and they're just running off of the fear machine that's being pushed at them. Um, it is definitely something to be worried, more concerned about than I think we previously thought it should have been. Uh, but I think you need to understand it. So that, I thought that was a great video. Normally, uh, Clint does just reptile-related videos, and they're very good reptile-related videos. Uh, this one was kind of fitting for the time. It was on coronavirus. So if anybody hadn't seen it, check out Clint's Reptiles and his coronavirus video. Uh, he does a great job of explaining it. And stuff like that. So I don't. Have you watched that one yet, Carly? I have. Was yeah, it? I love Clint's reptiles. He's. Uh, I love his enthusiasm. He's just. He's just. Uh, I don't know. He and I. Um, we met at uh, Tinley, and it was like the uh, our like excitement. Like we were, we only like clash for like a few minutes and talk for a little bit but it was like the unstoppable force meets another unstoppable force like as opposed to an immovable wall like we were both just like oh yeah like and he was like can i show you something and i'm like oh my fucking god yes and he showed me some pictus geckos that he picked up and um it was cool i really enjoy clint's uh content but yeah i watched his video and it was really good that's for a simple for a simpleton like me to understand, which is it's very impressive. So he, he's, <laughs> he's on a good my teacher. Sh- he's on my short list of people that I watch on a regular basis on YouTube. That that uh, like we talked about last week with Adam Wickens when he was on. People that I can watch mm. and respect what they're saying and how they're saying it, and don't come across as just doing YouTube, uh, just as entertainment, but more they do it as entertainment and education. And he's really great. Like yeah. said, he's a college professor. So, and you can hear it when he talks. You can hear that he is. He, he's definitely a teacher. He's good people. And then uh, what kind of another YouTube video I saw that kind of ties into that one was the snake discovery video from this week on um, it was how to disinfect your reptiles enclosure. And if you watch oh, that, yeah. I'm pretty sure it will make you feel bad about the way you disinfect your reptiles enclosures. <laughs> I mean, because it made me feel bad for a minute. And then I realized I'm not them. I'm not going to do what they do. But it, it was amazing. They, uh, they strip it and then they use hydrogen peroxide in there for a while. And then they use so hot soap, hot soapy water. Yeah. Then hydrogen peroxide. Yep. Yep. And then steam clean. And they steam like their steam cleaner is, uh, they just got a new one and it's, it's like, it's expensive, but they steam Mm. clean the whole thing to get like the urates. And 
that tub, I would eat out of that tub by the time I'm done with it. Uh, it's pretty damn clean. But I think the thing to take away from that whole video is maybe you don't need to do what they do. And if you want to do what they do, great. Emily and Ed, they're amazing people. But the big thing is clean your shit. Like, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of when I was younger of just using water, just spraying it with water and cleaning it. Um, oh, I was just guilty. paper towel. Yeah. Water. Just, oh. It looks clean. I, I just use that one. I don't know. I, I, do I, too. I have F10. That's I use, what I use. I use chlorhexidine. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same basic thing. You spray it down with chlorhex, let's sit for a second, scrub it clean, and uh, it will kill most of the stuff that's there. Um, it's, it's far better. I know a lot of people, some people will start with like vinegar water. Like vinegar water will kill some stuff, but there's definitely better things we do. Um, I would definitely suggest F10 or chlorhexidine over bleach for the longest time i did the bleach solution you know 10 bleach solution but man that will eat through a spray bottle seal in no time and your spray bottle will leak all over you and it just the hey, fumes what, kill you what what did i already forgot um so they use the hot soapy water scrub and then what was the second step what, Hyd- what hydrogen peroxide hydrogen peroxide yeah i was not expecting to see that i wasn't expecting them to to uh use that i've never heard of anyone just using I mean, they don't just use hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, they have part like, of their process. A, yeah, they have. It's part of their thing. But um, but that was the big thing yeah. I took from it is that everyone needs to have some sort of and I, especially nowadays we're we're used to washing our hands and using hand sanitizer so much right now. Do that same kind of thing in your collection. Every time you clean, you look. You can spot clean for a couple weeks, then do a deep clean. Take all the bedding out, spray it down, scrub it clean, fill it back up. Spray down your water bowls, clean those. And then I think what people need to get used to when you leave your snake room, throw some hand sanitizer on your hands. And, you know, I think some people, especially if you're going between snakes to snakes, you know, right now I've got snakes in, a snake in quarantine. I don't come into this room unless I have already put hand sanitizer on my hands. If, I, if I've touched or held the snake, you know, I don't want to transfer anything. Um, so I think that that's the one thing people need to Especially new keepers. You, you need to learn a process for cleaning uh, your animals. And F10, I've heard is great. I've never used it, but I've heard it's great. Uh, chlorhexidine, I went with because I get it in a giant uh, like one-gallon bottle, and then I can dilute it. And then chlorhexidine is like supposed to be so safe that the animal can actually drink it and it won't hurt them. And so I use that. But both of those are way better than – I used bleach for a long time, and I used to hate cleaning with bleach just because the smell gets stuck in your nose. It's The fumes stay around. I'm not a fan of it. And yet for bleach, you would have to like rinse it too, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, we got to dilute it and then you got, yeah, it's a whole process to clean it back up. Yeah. I, yeah, I like it. I like just like spraying, you know, dumping it, spraying it, leaving it on for 10 minutes and then wiping it up. Color good. F10, that's the one that comes in like a small bottle, right? It's a, a small amount. And you dilute it. Uh, well. You can buy it in different sizes. The ones that I got, it's like what you would order at a vet's office. So it, it, it'll, it's, it's concentrated. It'll fill up like, I don't know, 30 spray bottles or something like that. So I've had the same bottle for probably six months now and there's still a lot left. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's only, it was only 20 bucks. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so those two cleanse reptiles about the coronavirus, Emily's video on snake discovery about uh, sanitizing, I thought were great. And then the last one thing was suggested actually on our page uh, by, and I want to make sure I give them credit. I think it was, Lan- oh, Lance Kirkman's the one that suggested um, 
the Brian Cusco video this week where they found the Owen Pelly Python. Oh shit! I haven't watched that yet. I've uh, heard I've heard a lot about it though. Well, you know, you had you had Owen and Eric, and they found the Owen Pelly, and they've talked about it since they got back from Australia. And you know, only a handful there. It's literally a handful of Americans that have ever found one in the wild, and it's those guys. And then Brian was <laughs> Brian was over there with Dave Kaufman, and they found this huge one on the side of the road. And they were like, I mean, they held it. It was it's an awesome looking snake. Um, just the the them finding it, and I think people will understand how rare that snake is to find. There's people that live in Australia that have never seen them in the wild. So the fact that these these Americans just showed up in a van driving down the road found one is one hilarious to me and two it's 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 pretty amazing that they just drove down the road and found a fucking Owen Pelly python do do they have a census on like are they are they like are the Owen Pelly pythons critically endangered are there like do we have a a, a hard number on how many there are left of them i mean i know snakes are very difficult to uh you know to gauge that because they are so cryptic but i don't know What's this? Do you know the stats? I do not, unfortunately. Um, I wish I did. I'd love to just be able to spit them to you like I fucking I mean, knew. But, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I do think they're closer to endangered than anything, but I don't know where, where, where they're at. Uh, there's not a lot of them. There are definitely very few. But, and they're, um, and they're technically a scrub, too, right? Correctly, uh, and the video. I think I think they said yeah because it used to be Morelia, and now they're no longer Morelia. Yeah, it's small. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a pretty snake. I I hadn't seen one really. Um, but that video. I mean, it's a really pretty snake. And it's it's a long snake. Like it doesn't get thick. It's a very long snake. The unit. <laughs> but so that was one. Um, was it's like it's like the spider pythons. You know, like yeah. that that that's. That's where I would put them. Like, if, if you were going to, you know, have a lace monitor and be like, all right, what is the Python version of you? It's an old Pelly Python. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So, what was the reaction of them when they saw it and when they confirmed that it was what they thought it was, James? What, I mean, they were, they were like, oh, they were excited. Shit I think, in their I think uh, they had spent many hours already, like, in a van. So, it's, it's a mixture of excitement and tired. Uh, but they were definitely excited to see it. I, I, you know, it's not it's not a snake that's in my wheelhouse, but I can purely respect seeing something that is not that common and being the person that gets to like see it, hold it, and go, no, no, any boo boo, you didn't find this. Like I oh. I can get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that would be I mean that's the that that's it. Like I, I want that. Yeah, you know, I, mm. I I really want that. <laughs> that's your shit. Yeah. That's your shit, Brandon. I mean, you know, if there if there was a... Uh, you know, if you could have any snake, what would it be? It's Owen Pelly Python. That, mm-hmm. How cool are those? Now, now, let me ask. Do you want an Owen Pelly because of what it is or because of the lure that goes along with having something so uncommon? I would like to collect each every each different type of the scrub complex. Okay. So I, I want a pair of everything. 
they just happen to fall in it and also be the rarest and hardest to find. Yeah. So it's not so much that, oh, this is so freaking rare. It's, it's a matter – I love scrubs. I love everything about scrubs. I do actually have mostly carpet pythons even though we haven't really talked about those today. Um, but, uh, you know, I love carpets. That's my main focus and that's, you know, what I have a lot of going on. But I really like scrubs. And I'd like a pair of, of everything. I mean, I can't realistically do that right now. I'm not in a place in my life to where that's possible. But I do hope that there's a time to where I have the room and I have the funding to be able to at least get, you know, Highlands, uh, Homoharas. I'd like to get some Tanabars. I'd love to get some Aroos. I'd like to get some Beox. Um, I'd like to get some Wamitas. Um, you know, I'd really like to be able to collect as many of the different locality types and subspecies as I can. Um, Bolins would be sweet. It's just like, you know, that I'm just not in that tax bracket. I'm yeah. not in the yeah. Bolins bracket. You know, it's, it, it's not there. Uh, and that's another one I think falls into a lot of people like it because of how rare it is. And then a lot of people like it because it's a black snake that's shiny in the sun. Like it's, it's a pretty snake on its own. Um, so it fits into yeah, both, totally. both. Yeah, and I cannot drop that money on a pretty snake that's shiny in the sun. I mean, I have a lot of pretty snakes <laughs> shiny in the sun. And, and, and I would love to have some forwards because, I mean, it, would, it really would mean a lot to me to be able to own a pair. But I got to wait for that market to drop. You know what it, I mean? It will. It, it'll, it'll take time. Snake market, and here's something we haven't talked about yet. We're talking about COVID a lot right now. How is that going to affect the snake market? Because mm. I think we really have the answer to that yet. I don't think we know, and I don't think we're gonna know for a couple of months until we know where the aftermath sits with you know everyone's finances and where we're all at when this is all said and done. Yeah, like fun uh, fun money doesn't really exist for a lot of people, and it may not exist for a while. And, and usually snakes are bought with fun money. And so it's, yes. it's going to be interesting to see. Like, What's really going to happen is in about a year, there's going to be so many people going, I've got year-old babies for sale still. <laughs> so it's- I'm going to be one of them too. I'm so going to be one of them. And I'm not even going to care because I'm going to hatch some really cool shit this year and I'm going to want to hold all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because your, your, animals, your animals are those weird ones where like, you have to hold on to them for a year because they may look completely different. Right, yeah. No, it'll work out. Hopefully, like right when everything's ready to rock and roll is when the world's going to be good again. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's like if you have babies for to sell right now, I think you're fucked, man. I'm sorry. It's it's gonna be rough. You know, if you have a lot right now and you're you're looking at the next couple of months that are supposed to be your your selling season for your, you know, last year's stock. But, you know, if you don't even have eggs on the ground yet, then there's a really good chance the world's going to turn around by the time anything's even ready to happen for this year anyway. So I don't think all hope's lost, but I'm also trying to be pretty optimistic about it. Because if the latter is true, then we are so much more fucked than just <laughs> snake. Mm-hmm. No, yes. It's going to be all bad still at that point. Like that, there'll be bigger fish I mean, to fry. That's so. like that, you know, uh, TGR racks having to shut down. Obviously, that part of the market, people don't have the money to go out and buy cages and racks right now because they're not buying new snakes. Um, it's gonna hurt everybody. It's the first few shows. I think once the first few expos open up, 
it's going to be interesting to see are people just coming to the expo to get back out of the house and see stuff or are people coming to those expos to finally be able to buy stuff again um and so it's it's going to be weird it's going to it's going to be a super weird environment once people are allowed back out into the world yeah 100 percent. are you buying any stock right now no i wish i'd have bought stock in toilet paper and germex a couple months ago <laughs> all right i have thought having- i have thought about buying so i you talk about buying a house i have thought about buying a house this year i imagine the market for buying a house would be pretty good just because people will be like shit i gotta sell something here <laughs> and, and it'll probably be pretty good loans and stuff i don't know yeah, I think that's probably six months out before we see that dip, you know, before it's noticeable. I think it's going to take a little bit for that one to set in. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's just that's – I just think it is, you know. But, but we're going we're gonna to see a dip in pretty much everything. When you see this big of a dip in the stock market, you see that everything else nationwide, globally, is no longer worth what it was, you know, two months ago, then – to sit and look at the reptiles that you're about to hatch or have for sale and to assume that those still hold the same value that they did two months ago is, is not reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, uh, it may be for lower and stuff that was already pet priced. Um, but for higher end investment and quality projects, it's going down. Those stocks are going down. See, see, right, maybe, maybe you can buy a Bolins. <laughs> I know, right? All right, if you're going to get in, uh, now's the time. Dude, there aren't any. What? Yeah. You're not going to talk nerd. That's it. I mean, I don't know if anyone else that has it for sale. They're they're a weird looking snake just because they start out completely opposite of what they end up. They're one. They're like they're like uh, green trees in that case. Because if you were to see a baby Bolins, you would never go. Yeah, that turns into a giant black snake. You know, they start out red. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's they're a cool little red banded snake, and like, and that color alone, it's another one of those like you see green trees so many times when they start out orange or yellow, and you're like, man, I wish they'd stay that color, and they don't. Bolins are another one like, yeah, solid black's cool, but the baby color is cool too. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I, I suck at green trees, dude. I fail. I'm so not good at con. <laughs> I'm bad, bro. I mean, I, I just have crushing heartbreak after crushing heartbreak. Oh. Like, but tragedy story of myself and trying look, to raise Andres. Look, I want to tell you right now, Justin Smith can do it. You can do it. Dude, I've had a bad <laughs> run. I'm telling you. I, I, I don't know. I just, I'll get a pair again. I will. But I'm I'm just tired of screwing it up, and most of it's been my mistake too. That's the, the crappy thing is most of it I can track back to I did this wrong. Were you doing imports or captive bred? Um, Bushmaster stock, all of it. Gotcha. That was one thing. One but captive bred too, because I I hatched a clutch. I hatched a clutch in a um. It was a breeding loan between myself and a very good friend of mine that's local. And there were 12 eggs. None of them looked real strong. Uh, five of them made it. Uh, out of the five that hatched, all five died. Oh, damn. Oh, no. Not 
Yeah, I think the longest that they lived was like I had one that made it like seven months, and then I fed it a pretty big meal, and it died. Like yeah, it ate and died. Uh, I was I to to upgrade it to the next size from you know small pinky, small fuzzy to a little bit of a bigger hopper, and it just just died, dude. Well, I ask about. Wild caught and captured bread because I kind of go back to that original thing. Um, some of the responses on the four things new keepers should know, and some people talked about getting captured bread, and and then I kind of talked with Jake on THP the other day about the whole idea between imports and captive bread, and I think I think the idea of import, and I told him, gets used as a derogatory word sometimes, and I think in certain cases it's fine. I think for new keepers, yeah, imports probably aren't the way to go for a new keeper. I think a well-established population of something in the hobby is a great way to go the first time. But as far as a more experienced keeper trying to get certain genetics or get this, there's nothing wrong with imports, especially when you think of things like Billy Hunt, some of those Irian Jaya's that Billy Hunt or Jake have that are imports farm-raised are amazing-looking Irian Jaya's that they're not what I thought of when I think of an Irian. Well, I'm not going to say Pop and Python, but an Irian Jaya. Uh, and so... But I know, like, green trees, there's still imports in green trees, and there's a lot of captive bred in green trees. And so I don't know how hard, how I guess, how hardy is an imported green tree versus a captive bred green tree. Well, apparently not that. They're hard to start. Fuck, man. Uh, you know, my I have, let's see, um, four out of my five adult scrubs are imports. Um, and I, I gotta say, you know, if I'm gonna recommend somebody to get an imported snake from, it's gonna be Dan Mulary. Uh, Dan is absolutely phenomenal and he does a really good job on establishing his shit prior to taking it to shows. He, he gets it in early enough to establish it, deworm it, do his thing. And if he hasn't done that, he's sure to tell you about it, you know about it, he lets you know exactly what the animals come in exactly what medications he's had him on as far as dewormer has there been my treatment you know he's very communicative did this just get here yesterday and he hasn't had a chance to mess with it yet i mean you know whatever it is it's not a secret you know the story and uh he's there with all of the information needed and ready to, to give you the advice and direction to push you forward to be able to succeed with stuff like that and that's really important so you know if you are going to do something stupid and hop into, uh, you know, some imported animals, then at least be smart about it and, and do it through someone who, you know, has been to the farm, has hand selected this stuff, knows the people sending it to them, knows where they came from and is there to help you along the way. Don't just buy it from a flipper at a table who, you know, got the snake from the guy at the other table the <laughs> night before great deal and now he's marking up selling to you. You don't fucking buy from that guy. Fuck that guy. That guy's not that's not that's not the guy. <laughs> Well, Dan Maleri, I don't think is what people think of when they think of an importer. He's what he's what you think of because you've gotten from him. But I think most people don't think of someone that is that in tuned and focused on giving out healthy animals. Everything I've heard, everything I've watched, everything shows how much he cares about the animal he is sending to you, not about the money you are sending to him. And so, no. I, I think 
when you're talking imports, there's two total different sides of that whole equation. There's a side of people like Dan Malaria who are taking care and whatever they get in is going to be ready to go to you and be a good pet. And then there's people that are getting a box in from Indonesia, Africa, whatever, opening up that box and then just mailing to you whatever came out of that box that day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Careful of that. If, if you're new to this and, and you're not used to giving medications and you don't know how to apply the, you know, the dewormers and, uh, you know, deal with internal and external parasites, then, you know, if you're going to cross that bridge, make sure you're, you're ready for it on the front end. You know, you, you want, you want to be able to handle things before they go wrong, not try to deal with it after. And that's kind of the main thing is, you know, don't, don't wait for an animal to go down into where it's, it's sick and dying. It's that know what could possibly be, take care of it on the front end, make sure that it's going to be in good shape and go on that way. Don't wait for there to be a fucking fire. Make sure one doesn't start. Well, and with most of these animals, especially reptiles in general, once a reptile starts to go downhill, it's too late. A lot of these animals... Wild animals, and as this comes from being a zookeeper, and I've seen it, wild animals, even if they're in a zoo, they're still a wild animal, are very good at hiding being sick or injured until the very last stage they can no longer be fixed. Because a sick or injured animal in the wild is prey. And so they've got to find a way to hide that, and they'll hide it all the way up until the very end. And once you're seeing an animal go downhill that quick... It's it's almost always too late. Now, not always, but it's almost always too late, especially with reptiles. They're great at hiding sicknesses until it's too late. You know, if your animal doesn't eat the first couple times um, and it's an import, go get a fecal done on it. Get our, Just double check that it doesn't have some worms in it. Don't wait two months of not eating and then get a fecal on it because now it's lost some weight. And you got to try and get it back. And it's just it's it's going to it's not going to work out for you all the time. So, mm-hmm. more more information for new keepers. I did look at some of the things that uh, Brandon added. I like some of the things that you, you had talked or wanted to talk about. Uh, and I've talked about this before. Pick a project and pick the best animals that you can find from people that are best at producing them. Quality. Quality is, to me, as someone – and I don't think it's just someone as a breeder. I think someone as a breeder, a pet owner, everyone, quality is what you should strive for. Um as someone who loves boa constrictors, there are a lot of fugly boa constrictors out there. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of folks that got a male and a female from Craigslist, wherever they put them together and made babies. Just because you made babies doesn't mean you should have made babies. If it's an ugly dad and an ugly mom, there's a good chance you'll have a whole litter of ugly babies. And we don't need right. that as a hobby. We don't need more ugly babies. That's not the goal we're going for. Right. So. That, that always drives me nuts. Someone goes, oh, I've read two snakes. Oh, really? What are they? It's a common this and a common that. That that's great. And I got no problem with someone breeding common animals that are, if you're breeding for a better version of it. But if you're just breeding to breed for the hell of it, fucking put some thought into it. Right. And so I, and yeah, I, and it's, it's the coolest thing ever to be able to produce life for the first time. You know, I mean, when you were, when you were orchestrating the breeding of something and you get the eggs or there's live birth and then they hatch and then you get to feed them for the first time. Like it's super freaking rewarding and fun and cool. But 
there's also an issue with like unwanted animals because people don't put a whole lot of thought into stuff. And, and normally if you're breeding something, you, you, you want it to be worth your wild. So, do, you know, if, if you're going to do it, do it the best that you can. Do it with the best animals that you yes. can. Do it with the best quality that you can. Produce quality. If you're going to do it, do it in a way where whatever it is that you're going to produce is something that someone else is going to want. Yeah. Okay. Don't pick up two uh, – don't rescue two bearded dragons off Craigslist or Facebook and just start breeding normal bearded dragons. I can tell you right now, the hobby at no point in the near ten year, next 10 years needs a normal bearded dragon to be bred. Trust me. They're out there. Go find one. Have one as a pet. Dri- that drives right. me nuts. Drives me nuts. And then Carly, you're the opposite. End. You're not a breeder, and that's awesome. You yours are pets. But when you chose your pets, you chose them for a reason, right? You, especially like your bull, or I know you have a milk snake. Is it a milk snake coming? Yeah, the black milk snake. Um, it's getting closer, and I just, I, I just have to really be patient. Um, but yeah, each animal that I have, I really, I really thought about. <laughs> um, and I, uh, yeah, it, they have a purpose because I like what I like and, yeah. um, n- none of, none of the animals I have are, are impulse buys. You know, like do, I like Doomerel's boas. I'm not going to just go buy at some point. I want to get another one. I don't have any right now. And I had them when I was younger, but I'm not just going to go pick up a random Doomerel's boa. I like Doomerel's boas with pinks in it. So I'm going to find somebody who produces Doomerel's boas with lots of pinks in them. And I'm going to wait, and I'm going to buy one that looks the way I want. Like right now, I need a female red tail for my males that I have. And I need one that is hypo, jungle, het, call albino. Like I need that specifically. And I've seen a handful of them. But they don't look the way I want. And so I'm not just going to go buy them because they're there. And so I I feel whether it's you buying something as a pet, me buying something to breed, that same amount of care needs to go into picking that animal out. And uh, your rubber boas too. You'll you. Oh, uh, God, I don't want those. Did you have rubber yeah. boas? No, That's I. So cool. I want them. I actually, I ordered two rubber. Like there was a guy that posted because when they show up, you gotta like buy them right away. I bought two of them, and then uh, the day they were supposed to ship, I messaged the guy and said, "Hey, uh, are we still shipping today?" And he goes, "Oh, I returned the money yesterday. They both got out and I lost them." And I'm thinking, bullshit, someone offered him more money. I know someone offered that guy more money, and he sold him to them. That pissed me and off. And that's, that's not cool. You need to honor the sale. and just, That's just a shitty I thing saw, to do. I saw some Calipar burrowing pythons. Those are awesome, aren't they? Oh, those are cool. Oh, I thought about it. I, it was close. I was not – it was not – for me to pull the trigger on some random ass snakes. That's the problem. You know, that, most of them are random or imports. Well, what was that word? It was uh, what kind of purchase? Sorry, Carly. Impulse. Impulse. Yeah, that's yeah. what that would have been. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I've wanted some. There were actually a trio of them for sale in uh, Tinley this past year, and uh, I passed them. I looked at them. I already bought my Indian sand boas. I'd blown my wad on those two, and I was like. All right, and then afterwards I thought about. I'm glad I didn't have the money to buy them because I would have. But I don't want just three random adults. Like I like the idea of getting a baby bur- a burrowing python and growing that thing up and seeing how they act because they're such a weird looking snake. You know? Oh, so pretty, and like you don't know where the ass. Like they, the, all three of them were in a pile, and it was just like where did ass the ass head? start? And well, yeah, I'm at the Triple L reptile and Oceanside. Yeah, and I uh, that's where I get all my feeders from. 
And, you know, people talk shit about Triple L, mostly people that don't know Triple L. Like, Triple L is not that bad. They have a really bad national thing because they definitely do buy imported snakes and then sell imported snakes. And they are one of the companies that you do that. You should not buy imported animals from them. But they're cool people, though. And as far as running a shop, they run a very good shop. They run a very clean shop. They do a very good job running a shop. It's a good shop, dude. You know, I've been to so many different pet stores all around. And whenever I go into Triple L, their shit's fine. I mean, the cages are good. The animals are fed. Yes, there have been problems. Yes, I've found situations where I've had to bring it to the manager's attention and address it. But you know what? When I have had some issues where maybe I needed to bring it up at Triple L, they fucking they handled it. They took care of it. It was fine. You know, we came to a good agreement. At the end of the day, I was happy. They made sure I was happy, and it was a good transaction, even if it started as a bad one. So, like, it's it's not a bad it's not a bad company. Now, what they do at shows, eh. I'm probably not going to buy an animal. Well, see, that's, and, and that's the only experience I have is is their show experience and yeah. and their shop experience. And I'm I'm not. This is not a knock on any of them as people, uh, but at a show I don't go by their table. I, I don't go because I know that I'm not going to pick up anything off that table and buy it. And and I so I I, I keep keep away from because I don't want to impulse buy. I don't want to see something go. Oh, but I haven't seen this anywhere else, and then buy it because I might. But I know. Have you seen – you follow me on social media. Have you seen 12-Gage, my Barnack scrub? Yeah. Yeah, he was from Triple L. I bought him then. But he uh, was dropped off from someone who used to work at the San Diego Zoo who uh, had a bunch of lizards at home, and they had one pet snake, and it was this Barnack. And it, it was captive bred. Uh, he's about 10 years old, and they had had him since he was a hatchling. Oh, wow. And it was their one pet snake. And then, uh, I don't know, something happened. They decided that he wasn't a fit anymore and sold it. Uh, and then I, I bought it from Triple L. It was uh, it was pretty funny, actually, the way that it happened. So originally, I bought a pair of Barnacks. And I, I had a pair. And um, I, I tried to breed them. And I, I couldn't get them to breed. They wanted absolutely nothing to do with each other. I couldn't figure it out. I mean, they were never on the same side of the cage. And uh, Herpeton uh, was uh, happening, and Nick Mutton came into town because he was a speaker at Herpeton. So he came over to my pad, and we hung out. And uh, I was like, hey, man, I'd, I'd really kind of like to double-check the sex on these. Fucking sure enough, dude, they were both female. <laughs> that's not a bad problem to have. you got to be kidding me. So I'm so pissed off. And then I remember that I had been at Triple L and, you know, multiple times. And there was a Barnack that had been there for a couple of months with a non for sale sign uh, that had a little bit of a damaged mouth and stuff like that. He was, he was, you know, he's, he's pretty feisty. And, uh, but it, it always said not for sale. But, uh, you know, I know the GM. So I called the general manager and I'm like, look, dude, here's the deal. I want that fucking snake. I know it says not for sale. That's bullshit. How much? He's like, honestly, I've just been waiting for the right person to buy it. And okay. he gave me the price. And the price was more than fair. And I went down there with Nick. So we, we sexed the snakes. 
20 minutes later, after I figured out there were females, I called Triple L, figured out that the bar neck was a male. Immediately, Nick and I drove down to Triple L. You know, Nick and I sexed it there to confirm and then bought it and brought it home. So within an hour and a half, I had another adult <laughs> male bar neck and made it. <laughs> nice. Well, and, and, nice. As, and as a breeder, it's always. It sucks to have an animal missexed, but as a breeder, I'm always like, I hope it's a female if I'm wrong. Like, it's so much easier for the missex to be a female and then go find you a male, and you're not that far off from being able to get back to the goal you're at. Uh, just because raising up females takes so much longer than males. Dude, and 12 gauge is fucking cool, man. I'm so glad that I bought him. He's badass. That's my homie. <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at him right right now. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. scrolling. I'm I'm creeping while y'all are talking and so the next thing i saw was you said don't and i like this one don't let others opinions of what is cool override your personal taste in reptiles we all like different things and that's okay so don't chase the trends set your own and i think that that's happening more now than it did say 10 years ago because now when you go to shows there is a larger variety of show at shows now of captive born stuff even than there used to be and that makes me happy. If you to like see. ball pythons, you're fucking valid because I like ball pythons and we can be friends. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> right, James? <laughs> I'll plead the fifth on that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, and, if, and if yeah, you like man, ball pythons, please. like them. They're not my thing. <laughs> it, look, there, there's something to understand, okay? what's expensive and rare now and you know an eight-year breeding cycle will probably no longer be expensive and rare there are obviously there are long-standing exceptions to this rule things like amazon basin emeralds things like bolins that have done nothing but come up and go up in price because they are that hard to breed yeah. um you know the, there there are things that that have a steady upward trend but in general each year has like the cool thing or each couple of years has the cool thing that everyone wants everyone buys it everyone breeds it it becomes available it immediately becomes less cool and then whatever that species was that everyone forgot about during those couple of years because they were focused on this other thing that's the next cool thing so if you're worried about what's cool now and what's like fetching a good price now and what's a good investment now as far as things are concerned, be just understand that there's a very good chance that by the time you actually have an opportunity to reproduce it, raise it up and sell it, that that's going to fraction way freaking down. It's a lot of the rare uncommon stuff. Like, dude, Maclots, Pythons? Oh, man, yeah. Fuck, man. As a kid, that's they were one everywhere. of my first... Dude, I uh, I bred Mathos pythons for four seasons in a row, and this was well over ten years ago. And uh, when I did it, I was selling it for like sixty bucks a yeah. piece, dude. Seventy bucks a piece. I remember, I remember seeing them in pet stores. No one cared. But if you would have bought before my time back then at sixty bucks a pop, and if those are breeding now, you can get probably three fifty for a Maclots python now, or at least you could have prior to this fucking virus. (laughs) 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 The goddamn Rona. (laughs) Well, we've talked about before this this whole hobby is cyclical. So, yeah. Maclots are expensive now, and sooner or later they'll get back to being sixty something dollars, and then sooner or later they'll get back to being three hundred and fifty dollars. That's why yeah. 
I, I, I agree with you. He said, you need to find what you like. Like, I like sand boas. I like all the different types of sand boas. A lot of people, it's not their thing. They're short little turds that live in the ground. That's fine. They're little slugs. I think they're cool. I didn't get into them because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make money on them. I got into them because I'm like, of all the snakes I can keep, these are the ones that I find the most interesting right now. And I have no problem having these things for the next 20 years or however long, long they live. That's that's another thing people have to take into consideration. Your snakes are going to live taken care of, live 20-something years. They just are. I mean, unless they get cancer or get sick or whatever. So you hmm. don't want to have a regret by for 20 years. You don't want a year to go by and go, oh, shit, I'm stuck with a snake. I hate this. You know, and we've talked about before, it's fine if you get a snake and you realize you don't like it, then get rid of it. In the beginning, a lot of this is is trial and error, trying to find out what you like, what you think. I mean, so many people started out with ball pythons and realized there were other snakes out that they liked. Not, again, this is not shitting on ball pythons, which I, I do often, but this is not it. Uh, That's awesome. But a lot of people get into them and then realize, this doesn't do it for me. I, I like Amazon tree boas or... You know, I like carpet pythons or I like something, you know, they, and that's fine. That is, that is perfectly fine, but don't get into a group of snakes because you're going, I'm going to make a bunch of money off this. I don't care about the animals. All I care about is the money. And then, I mean, that, that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help the animals. And it's going to end shortly because I'm telling you right now, if you don't get an animal because you like it, you will get rid of it within a year or two. I mean, you just will. If you get 50 ball pythons and fill up a rack in your room of 50 ball pythons, and then you realize a year into it, ball pythons just don't do it for you, you're going to sell your whole collection and then probably get out of everything because you didn't do it the right way. You know what collection I'm really the most excited about this year that I'm looking forward to? What? It's, uh, I, I, she just had her prelay shed this morning. It's a Port Douglas locality uh, carpet python project. I have them on on breeding loan. So, you know, if uh, it does look like she's grabbing, it does look like I'm going to get a clutch. Uh, I need to split half the clutch with Nick. Um, You know, it's a breeding loan that I have with Nick. But I'm so keeping the other half of the clutch. Like, no one else can have any. (laughs) I'm not even going to sell them. Like, these things are so freaking cool. Well, what's what's great about that is most people will look at that snake and go, eh. But for you... That snake does it. And I think that's what everybody needs to find. They need to find that animal, that thing in this hobby that does it for you. And it doesn't matter if most folks look at it and go, yeah, but it's just a carpet python or it's just a leopard gecko or it's just a bearded jack. If it's what does it for you, then fuck everybody else. That's not what the hobby is. The hobby is for you, not for them. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm just so excited to be able to have Port Douglas. <laughs> now I keep them on, raise them up. Well, there's only there's only probably two people that are going to produce those this year. Uh, me and Eric Kohler. That's it, dude. I mean, there you can't find these damn things. Uh, you know, there are a couple people with some that are being raised up. Uh, I know Eric Burke's got a pair, and there's some other guys out there that have pairs that aren't quite ready to breed yet. So, like, they, they do exist. It's not a lot of them. And, like, I just, I just want to hoard them all. I just want to mm-hmm. keep them. I just can't wait for there to be babies. So excited. Like, that's going to be the majority of my holdbacks this year. <laughs> and that's what coastal. And that's what people need to find. They need to find that snake that does that for them, or that lizard, or that tortoise, or that whatever that does that for them and stick with that. Don't, don't, tra- don't try and follow the trends. Don't try and chase after, oh man, what's going to be big in five years? 
I don't care what's going to be big in five years. I want to know what am I going to still enjoy keeping in five years. So, I feel, again, my little my soapbox there, but I feel that's important. All right, so let me hit on a couple things on the podcast, and then we'll get to Carly's Animal Fact of the Week. But I do want to talk about that you were on the Reptile and Chill live stream, which I saw that was up the other day. You were on the Reptile and Chill live stream. Carly's been on the Reptile and Chill live stream before. Don't watch it. Those guys are hilarious, man. They're so funny. It's so great. I love those boys. American, but when they do it, it's in this like great like British accent, you know, and it's <laughs> it's it's just it's just so cute when they make fun of me being American. I'm like, you guys are so adorable. Like, oh, hang out. Oh, like, I just I just want to drink with those guys. Those are good guys. <laughs> just yeah, like, hey them. guys, let's go out and get some tea, and I promise not to throw it in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no definitely shout out to red pile and chill that was a fun episode yes. and, and that was one of those days i really needed it man i was at the point of like break mentally with the whole everything that's gone on in life right now and they hit me up that morning like hey our guest sucks you want to be on a podcast in like two hours i'm like yes yes i do really oh All my right. god and we just we just went in so yeah no that was fun and then there, I know there was the day where like like fifteen minutes of you and Ryan Cox just bullshitting because both of y'all were bored during all of this. <laughs> I did. I watched that. <laughs> Ryan's a good guy, man. Yeah, that was cool. And then, like I said, I was on uh, THP uh, Thursday, which was a bunch of fun. We just bullshitted for it was kind of like this podcast, or wasn't? If you're going there waiting to find like super important stuff about how to take care of this reptile, that reptile, they're probably not a podcast for you. But if you want to hear three guys I bullshit. Can't- and talk about Carol Baskins a ton, even though I haven't watched and refused to watch Tiger King. Uh, Bro, what the fuck? Are you serious? I'm not, oh, I'm not watching it. <laughs> Why not, dude? I'm not watching it. It looks too... I don't need to. Look, between all the memes and the few people that have watched it, I know everything that has happened in that show. I don't need to waste seven hours of my life watching White Trash. I'm telling you, I can go find White Trash like 20 minutes away. Yeah. I'm telling you, you do need to waste that much of your life watching one trash. You totally do. <laughs> it is absolutely worth it. It is so worth it. Oh I gotta, my god! I got to I haven't seen it either. I can't. I just. I, can't. I, I, I told the guys. I, can't. On, I told the guys on THP. I was like, they were like, oh, I bet Carly's watching. I was like, no, Carly hasn't. I'm telling you right now, Carly can't watch it because ten minutes in, she's gonna get pissed. She will get angry at everyone on the on the show within ten minutes and refuse to watch the rest I, of it. I tell you what, though, I did watch the first 10 minutes and me and Nick were sitting there. And for 10 minutes, this was what I was doing. I was just. Yeah, <sighs> I know you. I know that just, stuff. I, and off. I, like I'm shaking my it, like these people can't hear, but I'm breathing heavily like a <laughs> fat guy jogging, just getting all hot and bothered and mad. I'm a fuckers. And then I'm shaking my head and then I'm just like, I got to walk away or I'm going to like I'm going to drive to Carol Baskin's house and. Fucking, fucking hey, everybody hates that bitch Carol Baskin, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen some of the memes in that music video. It's fucking hilarious. It was like, you want to know did, how that turd got there? Carol fucking Baskin. Did you, did you <laughs> see the guys that painted their cow to look like a tiger and then dressed up like Joe oh Exotic? God. <laughs> oh, they painted I'm ha- the cows like painted like it's like a bright orange and with black stripes, and they're dressed up like Joe Exotic and his boyfriend. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm I'm happy that everyone can kind of like 
like dude, there's a scene yeah release the tigers right like there's your, your distraction dude the scene where his and you guys haven't seen it yet so i'm gonna fuck this up for you you won't fuck it up for me the, the 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 scene where his husband blows his brains out is fucking crazy, <gasps> dude. Crazy. What? Yeah, yeah, no. His husband totally shoots himself in the head. <gasps> and the guys, his campaign manager, because Joe Exotic ends up running. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> Joe, Joe Exotic ends up running for president uh, as a uh, independent. <laughs> And and actually gets on. I, I think it was Steve Colbert that actually covered oh it. Uh, no, oh, you have it's you literally. You really do have to watch this show. Wait, okay, they got footage of his husband, like. So yeah, his campaign manager for the presidential debate was sitting in the office talking to his husband, who was fucked up on meth and playing with a pistol, and and oh he. Shoots himself in the head like on accident, just fucking around. On brains out, and they show they don't show him shooting himself in the head, but they show the reaction of the campaign manager who's talking to him while he shoots himself in the head. And look on his face, hear the gunshot, and it is absolutely gnarly. You're like, what the fuck is seriously happening in this show right now? That's was was that. It goes deep, dude. It goes deep. The presidential. That's uh, awful. Yeah, no, it's super fucked up. Yes, you know. Well, I'm, I'm okay, good. was that the? Yeah. Was that the young kid that he like the straight guy that he seduced, or was that the other one that? Watch himself? the fucking show. Are you serious? Watch the show. All right. Find out. <laughs> tell me, <laughs> Brandon Wheeler. You tell me right now. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> It was one of the one of the husbands. Okay, that's, that's, that's all you know. We're good. That's that's yeah. bad. That's I don't wish that upon anybody. That's awful. And the dude getting his arm bit off by a tiger was pretty fucking oh, gnarly. Yeah. I've heard about that too. It was a chick though, but I think it was like. Oh, uh, you weren't looking at the <laughs> fucking sexual organs. You were checking out the fact that a tiger had this, the arm. <laughs> the arm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for titties, Brandon. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I respect that, you, Carly. I respect that. <laughs> All right, Carly. Do you have anything else besides your animal fact of the week? No, I'm. I was the whole time you guys were talking. I was creeping. Um. No, that's it. That's it. Um. Okay. Do you want to add anything before I dive in? I'm good, Brandon. Do you want to add anything else? Uh, yeah, like and follow all my stuff. <laughs> we can, we'll get to all that. We'll get to that after, after Carly tells us about her fascinating animal of the week. Oh my God. Okay. Right, so Carly. you guys, um, it's, it's springtime, not for Minnesota. We have had six months of winter, like no, no shit. Six months wait, of snow. Wait, what, what is winter? I don't, huh, yeah. what's winter? It's, it's what is, what's snow? Oh my God! God bless you, man. We, <laughs> we don't we don't we don't but, get this so called snow in Louisiana. Yeah, I like I looked around the other day. Nick Nick and I were on a walk. I'm like, we're some someday. I don't know when, but we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> we're taking all our animals and we're we're going south. Um, but I was so, thinking snake right? pictures in the yard today, just for the record. <laughs> oh, well, I saw that though. Aren't you took one with the the brother python? Yeah. Oh my god, you guys! This is horrible. I 
I'm gonna cry. You're gonna make a grown man cry. <laughs> but right. well, the, the house, the house spiders are back. Um, I've seen two house spiders today, hey. and I love my house spiders. When we, when Nick and I sell this house in the contract, you know how you said like that guy that you uh, worked for, his contract was that the owner gets the the tortoises. The, uh-huh. the people who buy our house, they they can't fuck with my house spiders. I love I love my house spiders. Um, we had one. We had one Dude, mama. You, you uh, are so weird. I love it. You are absolutely <laughs> obscene and strange, and it is fantastic. Let me just tell you that. <laughs> We're having a conversation about how much you love your house spiders and how people can't kill them on a podcast because oh. that's what's important right now. <laughs> they house. are. Hey, they the deserve this, this house. It's 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 a home. Okay, and that is, that is hey, for Carly, all. It is a spider home. It's do y'all, a safe haven. Do you have wolf place. spiders up there? Uh, I don't believe so. So I wolf, don't wolf so. spiders, because you're not have wolf I'm spiders. Familiar, but I don't. Are awesome because the females get big, and then they carry the babies around on them. So what happens yeah. is people always see the wolf spiders in the house and they step on them, and that's a huge fucking mistake because then there's hundreds of babies go <laughs> everywhere and spread out. So you're always yeah. like, if you see a wolf spider, don't step on it. Put it outside. Well, if you see a spider in general, don't be a dick. Just wolf, wolf spiders like, are like wolf spiders are like bigger than a silver dollar. I mean, they're huge and freaks people out. Yeah, but but I, I don't ever um, kill spiders. Okay. Well, I, I take that back. I realized the other day my level of taking a, a bug outside of the house is measured by the amount of clothes I have on. If I am fully dressed, I will take it outside. <laughs> if I have underwear on, I will probably scoop it up throw it out the door while I have it on the door, but there is a small fraction of a chance I'll kill it. If I am naked, it's dead. It's going to die. I can't help it. It's, it's going to die. Those, dude. D- okay. So you're going to, you're going to kill that, 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 yes, spiders are animals. You're going to kill that animal. And the last thing it sees is your naked body. Like, well, it's not my fault. The animal, had, it's not my fault. The spider had bad timing. That's not my problem. Okay. But anyway, so I've been back on my spider sh- bullshit, and um, this week's uh, animal of the week is peacock spiders, and oh, everybody knows cool. what those are, right? They're really cool. The big flat, they're a, they're a kind of jumping spiders. Yeah. Well, there's over 50 different species of peacock spiders, but they're in the family of jumping spiders. Um, Which are my favorite group of spiders. Really I love jumping spiders. Jumping spiders? I know. Oh, yeah, you did mention that I you did. like those, but yeah, they're really cool. Um, okay, let's see. Uh... Peacock spiders are well known for their movements likened to a dance uh, used to attract and court females. A dance from a male. This was really neat. A, a dance from a male peacock spider can last anywhere from four to 50 minutes. Um, so I, I thought I, that was really I'm neat. not going to lie. I don't know if I can last 50 minutes. Oh, my God. You're dancing. Nasty. Dancing. <laughs> dancing. It's, I get hot. I hate you. Because... <laughs> I could definitely. Oh my gosh! Whoa! Hey, anyway, um, <laughs> during kind of podcast, like most, like most spiders, um, they're venomous, but they're too tiny to puncture human skin. The average size is point fifteen. I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No. Okay. The average size is point fifteen inches. Males um, periodically pause his dance to drum on the ground and the female can feel the vibrations in her legs. It's all part of his little courting routine or whatever. So wait, 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 spiders wait. Can wait. Leave- is, is this what? the Marky Mark of spiders? He's like, feel the vibration. Is that what that Apparently. Word? You don't know Mark? <laughs> Please tell me you know Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I know. I'm, I'm familiar, but I, I don't 
know. I'm I'm just a wee lad, lass. I'm just a wee lass. I know, I'm just a BB. Oh. <laughs> oh, where was I? Oh, they can leap over 20 times their body length. Um, oh, oh, I forgot to mention that um, it's the males that have that beautiful flamboyant coloration. The females are pretty drab with tones of brown, gray, black, white, all that shit. The coloration comes from, oh, this is cool. The coloration comes from microscopic microscopic scales cover covering their body i'm surprised i I haven't had a word that i fucked up yet this episode james (laughs) so (laughs) next next paragraph god damn it name for this spider that we're talking about hold on let me look it up here let me look it up here because i do not have it words real quick yeah i'm gonna need you to pronounce this i I need the genus and the species please i I can do this. I can do this. Let's see. I'm, right. I'm going to go with no, you can't. Yes, I can. <laughs> y'all, all right, so y'all can't see her face. What you can't see is the moment she saw that word. She saw that word and realized, oh, fuck, I can't say that. <laughs> it's a word. That's, that is. That's a Come word. On, Carly, you, you said you hadn't fucked up any words in this podcast. Give me that scientific name. Maratus Valance. There's no I think that's what it is. There's, I'm looking it up. I don't trust that. Did you just look up Peacock Spider? I just looked up Peacock Spider. Maratus Volans. Volans. Maratus Volans. That is. That does look pretty good. Maratus Volans. That looks pretty good. But it. That's a like, hard it's name. Short. We gotta find something. See, more it was. Name. It was shorter than I was expecting, but I was still like, that's a lot of consonants. <laughs> Can I go back? Can I, okay. Let's see. I, I'm, okay. <laughs> what else about hey. Moranis Valans can we talk about? Find my spot, but you fuck me up. Females are tones of brown. Their com- coloration comes from microscopic scales cover- covering their body, and they're kind of reflective and shit. The outer, okay, the outer eyes of peacock spiders are simple organs that convey info about. Um, only movement and light. The two big central eyes are very powerful and convey info in fine detail and color. Peacock spiders don't, uh, they don't spin webs. Instead, they're daily hunters of small insects. Females may eat males, but that's, I mean, you know, that's what we know some spiders do. Shit happens. Yeah. Mating season for peacocks. Oh, and um, most, so there's over 50 species and Almost every species is uh, native to Australia, but there's a couple on a, a few um, close islands, surrounding islands. So let's see. Uh, they don't spin webs. Uh, let's see. For the people out there, these are the ones that you've seen. You've seen these videos pop up on Facebook. or uh, I don't think Planet Earth has had them on there yet, but it's always the video of a little spider jumping around back and forth yeah. with the big old butt in the air. Yeah, the big old booty. Mating season for peacock spiders is in August through December. Males are very aggressive and may make multiple attempts to... Uh, God, my handwriting is fuck awful. May make mu- multiple attempts to win a female. Um, they've been known to pursue uninterested females as well as females of another species. And at that point, um, the female will either choose to express her disinterest by lifting her abdomen. And then he kind of gets the picture and is like, okay... 
Shorty, she's not interested, or she'll just fucking eat him. And that's all I have. He ends up being like the guy <laughs> from Night at the Roxbury and just keeps dancing up against her until she eats him. <laughs> uh, all right, so Carly, so I need help with something spider-related. If you're on a spider trip right now, can I have some advice from you? I need advice. Yeah. Hit me. Okay. All right. So I have a crested gecko tank. I bought a crested gecko for my son probably two years ago. And it's the only enclosure in my house that's bioactive. Okay. So I have a lot of springtails and isopods and stuff in this bitch. Like a lot. And it's infested with black widows. Oh, damn. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Man. So I broke the whole enclosure down. Uh, put the gecko in another cage for a little bit. Uh, you know, got from what I could tell, all the everything kind of cleaned out. Put it all back together, ready to rock and roll. Now there's baby black widows. God oh, damn it! What so were you using- back, dude? They're back, and, and I'm trying right now. My goal is to kill them before they reach sexual maturity because I know there's not an adult in there, so I just need to make sure that the babies are handled. Um, but what should I do? I would take Dude. a lizard out and freeze all the stuff. Yeah. I mean, it would kill, yeah, all, I mean, your, gonna... kill all your other bioactive. Or just but dump... take take. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, James. I was saying, or just dump and start over again. That sucks. You though. know, I would. But I already um, jumped in and started over again, and it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I got so, Well, we're going to direct people over to your shit anyway. Like and follow everything um, Brandon's yeah. doing. Morelli. Like, yeah, Morelli I, House. I, like, I really don't want to break this motherfucker down again. Yeah. Is there, any, is there another lizard that I can put in there temporarily <laughs> that will eat spiders? We have learned from Australia that animals... Do not help solve other animal problems. But he's but okay. So Brand- like, is there is there like a lizard, like a anole, or like another type of gecko that I can maybe put in there and give the crested gecko like temporarily other establishment so that he can go to town and eat all these spiders and then I'll switch them out again or something like that. Is it? That's the route? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out and and in search of for Brandon. Um, a tortoise that can mow his lawn as well as, yeah. Oh, yeah. Known spider-eating lizards. That's yes, what I... Black. Yeah. Anyone that yeah. knows how to finally get rid of Brandon's Black Widow problem without him having to restart his whole bioactive enclosure, please give Brandon all That's your suggestions. Tough. I mean, all I can That's think is... Tough. All I can think is you freeze the whole thing, put it into a deep freeze, and hope that kills everything. Dude, I saw um, someone selling I black. Have a backup. I do have a backup thing of isopods and springtails, so I guess I could actually do that. I, cool. um, James, did you – or did, we were all at Tinley. Did you guys see they were selling black widows at Tinley? Someone was for like 40 bucks a pop. I didn't Damn. Know. Yeah, you should you – should, There you go. You should try, you don't, you should you, try coupling right, and sell them. Let's turn this around. You don't have a crested gecko cage. You have a breeding colony of black yeah. widows that you can sell for forty dollars a piece. It was like, yeah, like, right. and and they were set like on the uh, the first day or, or the last day at Tinley. There was only a couple left, and on the first day, I mean, I think they had like a, a dozen or something. So they sold. I mean, they didn't clear house, but they were they sold. You know, 
So. That's wild, man. They're everywhere. My whole all I have to do is clean my garage, and I can make like three hundred bucks <laughs> on Black Widow sales. There you go. You're gonna, you're gonna be able to purchase all your rodents from Black Widow sales. <laughs> all right. Your, cur- your currency is now. Maybe we do have a new business model coming yeah. up. I will follow up with this once we have a good game plan. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, have your people call my people, okay? And then all right. Done. 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 All right. So, yes, but tell, tell people where they can go to yes. see uh, 12 Gauge. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm Morelia House on Instagram, uh, Morelia House on Facebook, or just Brandon Wheeler on Facebook. I love talking to people. So, hit me up if you're bored. I'd be happy to chat with you. Uh, I don't know. I just, I like snakes and I like other people that like snakes generally speaking. So if you're one of those people and you're not completely freaking irritated at this point, by the end of the podcast, then hit me up, you know, <laughs> if you are, then don't, I mean, that's, <laughs> you, you do you. Cause, Cause if you don't know, now, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So I know we like, we didn't talk about like, we barely talked about carpets, but yes, Brandon, his business is Morelia house. He, he has lots of carpets. We talked about the scrubs, but he has lots of carpets. What what uh, what type of carpet do you mainly focus on? Is it coastals, um, jungles? Well, I love locality stuff, so I would consider myself a bit of a purist at this point in my keeping and my breeding strategy and plans. Um, you know, back in the day, I used to be a bit of a morph chaser and cross this for that, for, for whatever. And I, I, I just don't anymore. So I'm, I'm pretty hyper-focused on localities this year. Um, I'm hoping to get two different jungle clutches. Uh, one, of, one of them will be a zebra clutch. One of them will be all normals. Uh, and then I have two locality pairings. I'm looking forward to this year as well. Uh, as well as some some pretty cool bridal stuff going on. So oh, hopefully this year works out well for me. Um, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, um, I just I, I do. I, I love carpets and I, I love their natural forms. And I'm not really big into the morph. So if morph combos are something that you're seeking, then I'm not your guy. Uh, zebras are definitely a project that I'm working on hard this year. Uh, zebras, you know, jungle zebras, both normals and, uh, in the future, I'll be working with ivory zebras, trying to get that all, all dialed in. So I really want to get the most funky, chaotic zebra patterns that I possibly can. Ooh. And that's the, the way that I'm, I'm taking my zebra projects and, and it, it's one that I'm going to hang on to. I sold most of the other morph stuff that I'm working on. So I, I just, I'm just, I'm pretty focused on zebras. Uh, Brettles this year shooting for uh, hypo stripes. Cool. Fingers crossed that that'll happen. Um, I don't know yet. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. As I've made it, well known, I've made it well known recently that I am now in love with Brettles, even though I only have one. I think they're freaking awesome. I got, oh, yeah. I got my one baby, and it's all, I took her out. She struck at me a couple times lately, so I, but I took her out today and held her, and she was good. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to try to feed her tonight or tomorrow night. She gets really active at night. I'm really you like excited 11? To... 11? Did you like 11? I posted the picture of her earlier. Oh, is that the yeah, one? Yeah, I saw that. Is that the one that was that's on that. loan? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, I love Second. reds. I love the ones that are have as much red as possible. When I bought the one from Nick, I bought the baby out of the litter that had the most red. So 
I think mm-hmm. uh, they're cool snakes. And as as THP finally agreed, they are the superior Morelia. So we, they are. Oh, we're there now. Did did, did we finally beat out uh, IJs? Yeah, Uplands? we we we. Uh, they have agreed. We have agreed that based on all the criteria, they they pretty much beat everybody. Brettles, I mean, they're bulletproof. They get a good size. They're bright and pretty and red. They beat them all. They eat, which is important. I mean, I, I have both pop ones and, and brettles. Uh, brettles are way cooler. Yeah. <laughs> they are. So uh, it's I'll, you now. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know, man. I'll, I'll take all right. I'll, I'll take coastals or jungles any day, though. Hey, James. Uh, I mean, that's that's the core. I mean, that's where it starts. To, that's where that's. You know, that's the main forefront of carpet pythons right there. Jungles and coastals. Everything else is just also cool. But, you know, those are those are where it's at. James? What? Do you know what I have to do really bad? Pee? Pee, pee, don't you? She has to pee at the end of every episode. All right. So. I'm a high girl. We got poop. Okay. All right. So if you want to get a hold of myself, you can find me at simply underscore serpents on Instagram or simply serpents on Facebook. Or if you want to get a hold of us through the podcast, you can find us at the reptile gumbo podcast on Instagram, the reptile gumbo podcast on Facebook or the reptile gumbo podcast at gmail.com. If you want to shoot us an email uh, each week, we do put a post for you to give us your ideas for stuff that we can talk about on the show. There were some, I want to apologize to the folks that we didn't really mention. I, I do want to bring up Ryan Goslow's next week about the Mosasaur. Cause that was pretty awesome. Uh, so oh, I, yeah. So I will be bringing that one up next week. I'll bring it back. But go on there, suggest any YouTube videos, anything you see on Facebook, things you want us to talk about, and we'll blab about it for a couple hours next week. Um, say I, other than that, nothing else going here. I'm waiting for freaking Sambo's to have babies. That's driving me nuts. As soon as my Sambo's, yeah, have I'm babies, excited I'm... to see you. Oh, and if anybody has... what, Def- definitely good luck on that clutch, man. If you can get some Sambo's, that'd be pretty cool. I love Sambo. Be very. And if anybody well, out there has a, a hypo jungle het call albino female boa with lots of pink on it, hit me up because I've got to find a mate for my holdback males that I have. So, oh, if anybody has any Sabu pythons, hit me up. Those used to be, those were like Maclots before. Those used to be in pet stores when I was a kid. I remember seeing Yeah, they're Sabu's. not. They're so rare that I have to hit a podcast and ask the <laughs> fucking world to have Sabu pythons. Like a parent, please send me a PM with your Throw me a price. Hey, just let me know. We're good. Welcome to the Reptile Jumbo <laughs> Podcast Classified section. All right, guys. Really right. gotta go. You guys right. can talk at you later. Nope. Thanks for coming. Bye. Thanks for being on here. Bye. I'll see you later, Carly. Bye. Thanks, Brandon. Bye. Bye. Bye.